was too busy. I was sorting out uh, my uploads for next week. Oh, right, okay. I've started making videos for my own channel now. But the, the problem is, Brad is on holiday this week. Um, oh, right, He's yeah. in Italy, which is fair enough, isn't it? A lot of people go on holiday to Italy with his mum. Mm-hmm. He's like oh, nigh right. on 30 years old. He's going on holiday <laughs> with his fucking mum. Which, to be fair, I'd go on holiday with Brad's mum. Brad's mum <laughs> is fit as fuck. And if you're listening, hi, Laura. How are you doing? Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm trying to start my uploads because... Carl, I'm not sure this is the way to like open the open uh, the podcast. The what? Just hitting on someone's mum? No, it is definitely. <laughs> and I'm trying to sort out my uploads for my channel because me and him have been doing a playthrough of Metal Gear Rising. Probably oh, right, yeah, he's yeah. not back till Sunday, and I leave on Friday for a week as well. Oh god! So I'm trying to space out the uploads without it being too dickish to other people who do like one upload a week. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to sp- intersparse it with some fact being raw cuts that we've got going on. And oh, I've just right, noticed okay. that Joe and YouTube suggests a thumbnail. Every Because mm. th- I don't make my own thumbnails for my videos because fuck that, it's too funny. And I let <laughs> YouTube suggest each one. And it's just, every time it's just a picture of Raiden's face when he's just like, huh? <laughs> just giving a big, dumb, goofy grin. It's like, yeah, that's my Raiden. So hi there and welcome to, is this episode 14? 14, is, 14 yes. of Carl's Corner, and I'm here with my friend Lucas. Hello, Say hello, Lucas. <laughs> Guten Morgen. God damn it, you've been looking up still. You did your research. And I've got plenty prep for this. All oh, right, if you just went online, it's like a list of how to say hello in different languages. To be fair, I've not even needed to research so far. I knew quite a few already. That's thanks. So first we're going to start off with the ones I know, and then we're going to start getting into some weird territory. So Guten, I'm guessing that's German? That's it German, because Guten Tag is thank you, so I'm guessing it's the same root word, of just general politeness. Yeah, so it's like, good morning. So, there's only one or a couple of words I know in German, and one is the word for shipyard in German. Do you know which one what it is? Okay. It's Schiffart. Which, which oh, right, okay. Me. I can see why you know because that. Because it has a triple F in it, which obviously you've never <laughs> seen written language, so that was quite funny. No, no. And the other one is the word for butterfly, which is Schmetterling. Okay. <laughs> the awesome. German word, or oh, the German word for guinea pig. Which do you know what that is? Schweinhund. No. Schweinhund. Oh, wow. cool. So German. Schweinhund. I love it. Go on. That does sound like a really just dangerous. It's <laughs> a little guinea pig. Do you know what they used to be called though? Some countries, I think, um, the word for guinea pig translates literally to sea piglet because they look like little piggies. That's why they got the name guinea pig, and they used to come from abroad. People used to ship thousands oh, of them right, in boxes, okay. so they were called sea piglets. <laughs> Which isn't that the most adorable name for a creature you've ever heard? Oh, little sea pig. Get a little sea yeah, piglet. I would love a little sea piglet. No one knows where the name comes from either. Apparently, it's just a huge mystery. No one knows what guinea pig means. Or the original theory was <laughs> they came from Guinea, but they don't. And then another yeah. one is, oh, they used to cost a guinea. And they look like pigs. Oh, right. But a guinea was like enough to buy half a house when they were discovered. <laughs> it's like obviously they weren't. I love this idea. Guinea pig, this like exotic tropical animal that you buy for half the price. Yeah, of and they're just like big hamsters. <laughs> my sister's got loads. She fucking loves her guinea pigs. And she had one. Oh, it, 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 unfortunately, um, the, her favourite one passed away recently. And, oh. But before that, he just had the biggest set of testicles you've ever seen on a guinea pig. Like oh, both physically and metaphorically. Because he was so aggressive, <laughs> they couldn't keep him with another guinea pig. 
So oh, what they did instead is cause guinea pigs are social animals and they have to be handled or be with someone like every day or they get annoyed and they yeah. get lonely, I think it is. So that in some countries it's illegal mm. to sell just one guinea pig because they do get lonely. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, felt? I would. So what they did is they handled him every day, which meant he basically became completely nonchalant to humans to mm. the point where if he didn't get fed on a morning, he would climb up the stairs because he was kept downstairs and they basically just left his cage door <laughs> open constantly. He would climb up the stairs and scratch at my mum's door like a dog <laughs> until he got fed. And if you fed him and he was still hungry, he'd get his bone and he'd grab it in his mouth and he'd throw it out of his cage. <laughs> and it just looks so good. Oh, God. It's so crazy. I've just got an image of this, like, fucking little buff guinea no, pig. Man, just, was, like, feeding He me. was so huge. And it's, <laughs> he had such a personality, though. Sometimes if you were, like, sat in the front room, he'd just walk into the front room and just chill. <laughs> and like, what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm just, I'm just chilling. Or like, you'd open the door and he'd just be there in front of you. <laughs> just waiting for you. Guys. Like, what am I supposed to do about this? There's this guinea pig just sat here, just chilling. There's no... Just as mildly aggressive guinea pig asking for food. He wasn't aggressive, he would just have proper cheeky little shit. I mean, I'd class like going and scratching somebody's door until you get food as quite oh, aggressive. Yeah. And he knows as well the sound of the fridge. Do you like a dog? Join dogs oh, and yeah. he recognised the sound of the fridge. And when he heard the sound of a fridge, he'd come into the kitchen and wait. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like this tiny little guinea pig that like, I know when I'm going to get fed. I do love that. Like, I remember when I, when I was younger, um, we had a dog. And as soon as it heard the bath running... <laughs> he ran away. It'd be like, oh God, no, shut the door. You'd just hear like... And it'd just like bolt up the stairs and jump straight into your bath. Oh, right. Just oh, you like the bath. Oh, yeah, right. I loved I the bath. Hated the bath. Just diving no, no. into your bath. It just, every time you just weren't safe, it'd just, like, knock the door open and jump in. Oh, God, man. My dog used to do stuff like, um, he used to call a creeping Jesus. Because if you, if you're having, like, a bag of crisps on the sofa, as soon as you heard that first, that telltale crinkle of a bag of crisps, all yeah. you'd hear is, like, the sound of, like, paws on laminate creeping into the front room <laughs> and then she'd come by the side of the chair and just poke her head up and then like try and grab the bottom of the bag of crisps and drag it away it's like are you <laughs> kidding me i'm holding them in my hand it's like you think you're so smart <laughs> oh god so we call her creeping jesus or the submarine because we had a carpet that <laughs> she lied on in the hallway which was laminate except for this carpet and it was the same color as her coat so at, n- oh, so at night you go where's penny and you just go like or you'd like get a bag of crisps or something, and you just see the head poke up from the carpet and look around. <laughs> so we called it the <laughs> submarine because it looked like a little um, periscope rising from the carpet and just spinning. Oh god! Just searching for more crisps. The quest for no, crisps. No, my um, my sister now has like our family dog is a little chihuahua, and bless her, she's just like the most timid little thing ever. But she can. She's so small, she can just hide anywhere. <laughs> it's like me and my girlfriend were looking after it, and we live in like a one bedroom flat. You still lost it. And you still would lose her and like panic that she's managed to escape. Just leapt out the window or something. I don't know. So I think- it's just like you'd go through and like she'd be under a blanket, but she'd be like in the middle of three different blankets, <laughs> and you, she's so like small, you couldn't even find her in them. Oh, God. Oh, so my friend of mine, he's got a chihuahua, and he calls it Grandad. Because it can't climb stairs. 
<laughs> which is so harsh. Because it's so small, it can't climb stairs. So we called it Granddad. <laughs> you know why? Because my granddad couldn't climb stairs either. Oh, God. And he had that. And his other dog was like a Doberman. No, it was a Rottweiler. He had a massive Rottweiler yeah. and a Chihuahua. And the Chihuahua was the, like the alpha of the two. <laughs> and the Chihuahua always ate first and stole the Rottweiler's food. It's like, oh my god, this is it. Yeah, I I had a similar thing with like a family friend, and they had a, a Chihuahua and a Great Dane, and it was just like, oh god, it looked like the, the Great Dane could just eat the Chihuahua at any point. They just did it. Well, people, if they've watched the channel, they might recognize, might remember Gizmo, the little friend, the little oh, French yeah. bulldog that um, belonged to a friend of mine. That friend now lives um, with his girlfriend's family. And they own, in addition to Gizmo, Gizmo's brother. So they own two French bulldogs and yeah, yeah. two Great Danes. Oh, guess what? Giz- guess which dogs are the like the dominant members of that household? Oh, definitely little, little Gizmo. <laughs> just these giant I think Great Danes are just like so fucking placid. Though. Oh, they are. Yeah, that's how the, the temperament is. Just so nice, but they're they're mm-hmm. very um, slobbery. Oh, so they cut to you and they jump. But the thing is, that their paws are like the size of forearms. So they oh, can yeah. knock you it's over ridiculous. just by accident, just by being uh, friendly. So I can see why people yeah. would be scared of them. Because it's just the sheer amount of dog coming at you at one time. Yeah, because that's the thing is, when um, when a family friend like originally got this Great Dane, it was I was about, I think about nine maybe. So it very quickly grew bigger than me. <laughs> Could you ride it? So even if it was just happy and barreling towards me, it's like, oh god, this dog's gonna like, take that, me. This out. is how it ends. It's like life <laughs> flashes before your eyes, just smothered by forty pounds of dog. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, what have you been up to this week then, pal? <laughs> the, the ten minute dog cast. I know. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a bit oh, of dog man, cast. I love it. I just need to do it. But um, yeah, so this week I'm just like off. My girlfriend's birthday was yesterday, as of recording, so uh, we're just like taking a week well, off. Well, you told me this. When it's her birthday, just every, she's in charge of everything. That's how it works. Do you get to do the same during your birthday, though? Yeah, oh, yeah. Both take, That's a nice way of doing it, actually. Both get a week off, and it's just like, you know, they're in charge. Because you told me... To- Apart from any plans, so like, um, for a few days, I'm taking Jenna to Belfast as like a little getaway. So I, obviously that was planned by me as a little surprise, but yeah. Other than things like that, she's in charge. <laughs> Best way to do it. It reminds me a lot of just one of my favourite sayings: "Just happy wife, happy life." This is the <laughs> classic one, and I know I was. In, it just reminds me of this old ass man I met once and been married for about eighty, close to ninety years. Right, they met mm. when they were both sixteen and they'd been married, and they were both like in their nineties. So I asked the dude, "It's like." I'm never going to get this opportunity again. Like, how have you been married this long? And he just looked at me and went, all right, son, um, here's two words of advice for you. It's all you need to keep a woman happy. Yes, dear. And his wife looked over <laughs> and went, Harold, don't talk to the young man like that. And he looked, and he just looked over at his wife really sheepishly and went, yes, dear. And it's like, oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, God. It's so good. So oh, good. The best piece of advice you'll ever yeah, get, just, Yes, dear. It's all you need. Happy wife, happy life. Like, and they've been married for like longer than most people are alive. So I'm going to take that guy's so, advice. So yeah, probably take his advice. Yeah. I just thought it was just so funny though. It's like, what's these things? Yes, dear. Happy <laughs> wife, happy life. It's the best way of doing it. It's just like, 
The ultimate secret to marriage that nobody's yeah, clocked t- on to. Two words. It's that simple. But, oh, I just, I just found oh. that really funny. It was like, you couldn't have written a funnier scene of just, just how perfect <laughs> it was. Oh, just like the moment he tells yeah, you. Yeah, his like, wife yells at him and he looks over all sheepish and it's like, yes, dear. And she just goes back to whatever she's doing. And he just looks at me and gives me like, <laughs> those, that old man wink and smile. It's like, hey. It's yeah. like, ah, it is. It's just like, there you go. It's like, son, you just saw it work right in action. It's like, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, old man. I will spread this knowledge as far and wide as I can. I know, the yeah. secret to a long-lasting and happy relationship is two words. And you know what? Well, That's why you pay for the subscription. <laughs> I've just given, I've just given people advice on how to maintain an 80-year relationship. Let's see someone else fucking do that. <laughs> you must have something planned for the week then if you've got an entire week off. Didn't you say you're right. taking this evening off? And I thought, oh no, you're at work. And you're like, <laughs> no. What is it you doing tonight? This is great. So, this is uh, couple goals. Tonight, to date the podcast, yeah. to date the recording, um, a new DLC drops for Destiny 2. So we play Destiny 2 a lot and it's just like, oh yeah, a lot of new content's coming out today. So at five o'clock, it's just like, right, that's destiny time, done. <laughs> like, that is couple goals right there. Don't you sit on two TVs side by side? Yeah, so we sit on our sofa next to each other. Um, Under and then we have, like, Disney blanket. Two TVs, yeah. two Xboxes, and just play destiny there you go. There is That is the dream right there. <laughs> <laughs> just sat double TVs. Because I've seen this a lot with, because uh, obviously I play a lot of video games. I know a lot of people who play video games. And mm-hmm. the number one thing I've seen with like a lot of like my male friends is they always go like, "Oh man, I just want a girl who plays games." And it's like, "You don't. What you want is a girl who's going to sit there and watch you play games. <laughs> and you want a piece of furniture who sits in the other room while you play FIFA. Yeah, and that's yeah. what they want. Because I've seen like, what is it? The FIFA widows is the the term oh, they use. Like, you always <laughs> see a lot of girls on Facebook. Well, I'm a FIFA widow because my boyfriend's playing FIFA. And it's fair enough. People have different interests. I've, I've yeah, yeah. Found that. but it is weird like the amount of times I'll hear in work and stuff there's quite a few couples and that in work or people who are in relationships and it's just like a, oh yeah well he wanted to play FIFA with his mates so I just sat in the room and did nothing all night it's like oh man I just think it seems weird that like the person like your partner the person you want to spend if not the rest of your life with at the very least the majority of your time now with yeah, and this exactly. one hobby that you really enjoy, you just have no shared interest in it. Yeah, it seems really weird. Like obviously, like opposites attract, and that's the thing, as evidenced by all my ex girlfriends. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just seems weird. Like oh, this huge aspect of my life, I don't want to share it with the person I'm in a relationship with. Yeah, it's very weird. And then I see you was like, oh yeah, we, but we bought an extra TV so we could both play Destiny at the same time. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> heroic, that mate. Oh man, that's beautiful. Funny as well because like we originally got it to try out some other games, and I'd I'd been playing Destiny um, a lot longer than Jenna, and she constantly watched me play it. And was like, I'm not going to enjoy this game. I was like, Oh, just try it out. Just like it's it's a really fun game to play, and like especially multiplayer. And she's like, Oh no, it seems like there's like too much going on. But then when she actually played it, she really enjoyed it not realising that the reason that everything was going on is because I just play, like, balls-to-the-wall shotgun, <laughs> just run in everything. Just basically bodyguard. I, my, the way I play is just jump right into the middle of the crowd of enemies every time. 
It's the only way to do it, isn't it? But I'm just now thinking, if you replace the word destiny with some weird sex thing, that conversation would be very different. It's like, she, I know, she yeah. didn't want to do it for the longest time. I kept telling her, come on, you'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. Just do it a little bit. <laughs> just try it just once. Just try it once. And if you don't like it, we can stop. But I get in there, balls <laughs> to the walls, right all the way in. And just right in the middle all the time. Oh, man. So I've not played much destiny. I, the thing is, I was annoyed that it wasn't Halo. So I, I oh, could right, never okay. look past the fact it's not Halo. And yeah, that, yeah. for me, was enough to put me off the game, basically, forever. Fair enough. I mean, we still get Halo. Oh, yeah. It's not like we don't get that. It's more that I just, like, uh, I could never look past that. And then all the um, the MMO elements didn't really gel yeah, with me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because it's like, Borderlands does this better. All... I mean, it depends, like... We won't get into the nitty gritty of it, but I I don't know. I think like the playing Destiny, you get a lot more sense of like a community out of it, whereas Borderlands is just I'll play with you, mate. Yes, fair enough. But um, think for me as well, it's one of my chief complaints with Halo. A lot of the time is that mm. despite it being in the future and it's this amazing super future with super soldiers who can like yeah, flip yeah. over tanks, all of the weapons are very boring. And obviously, you've got even any shooter. You got to have your assault rifle. You have got to have your pistol. You got to have your sniper rifle. Yeah, of course. But all the covenant weaponry is usually pushed to the wayside because it's either not very good, or yeah, it's yeah. gimmicky to the point where you only get to use it like once or twice. Yeah, things like you know, you get you your guns like the Nilo, which you use quite often. But depending on which version of Halo you play, that's just useless. Yeah, you'll be using the battle rifle all the time, and it just yeah. seemed like a bit of a waste to me. Considering all and the as cool well, stuff. like especially with Halo's case, you always spawn with the boring weapons, which I understand. It's like the arena-based, like go and pick up the power weapon and fight over the power weapon, but you don't ever start with like a needler instead of a battle yeah, rifle. Yeah, because obviously that wouldn't be uh, competitive. And it reminds me of, like, of yeah, like, yeah. stuff like Quake Arena because I always go back to Quake, where like, the, the yeah, best weapon in that game was the shock rifle. Because it's the one that oh, fired yeah. the ball of energy, which you then shot with mm. the secondary fire, which made the ball of energy explode. And that was such a cool <laughs> idea for a weapon. That's the thing There's is, um, it's versatility. the reason why I'm very excited for Borderlands 3 and just enjoy Borderlands in general is because they just go, oh, we're just going to throw any stupid idea at guns. Oh, yeah. But I like as well how it always starts with, right, I'm assuming the third one will be the same way, the first two games, always like, here's, you start with a machine gun, and then every, mm-hmm. you slowly, it's like, okay, this one does a bit more damage. This one's fire rate's a bit weird. Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit flat. Yeah. This one's got more ammo. And then they slowly start ramping. Like, okay, this one does fire damage. Okay, now this one, uh, you have to shoot it, and the accuracy goes up. Like, this one mm-hmm. is for headshots. This one has a knife on the bottom. And then they start combining all three. So, oh, this one does fire damage and has a knife on the bottom and fires faster the longer you hold the trigger. Yeah. And so I like that progression, that ramp up. So it feels... And then it becomes like, when you get to really late game, it's just like, a, oh, this like auto rifle fires grenades that explode into more grenades yeah. that do more damage the longer you hold and it. it feels... And set people on fire. Yeah, like a completely natural progression from the start of the game should play for so long. And I compare yeah. that to probably one of my least favourite games because of just how poorly it was handled, which is Saints Row 3. Which I know people, a lot of people oh, like right, Saints Row okay. 3 and Saints Row 4. Because in that mm-hmm. game, like, Saints Row 1, as bad as it was, I liked the charm of it being such an obvious rip-off of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, they, they 
The first two were very much just a, like, spin on what GTA was. Like, a bit more of a silly spin yeah, on it. and that's why I, like. I like the silliness, where they said, okay, if we can't, we can't beat Grand Theft, we can't beat Rockstar in terms of just the sheer amount of craft that goes into their world. What we can mm-hmm. do is we can make ours funny. And the yeah. writing in it is very good, and the humour's quite, quite juvenile, but, like, Johnny Gat is just a fucking big dick legend forever. And then, and then in the third one, they started making it a bit stupider. It's okay, I, I get that. But the problem is, they introduced too much stupid stuff too fast. So by the time oh, you're like right, two okay. or three hours into the game, you're running round yeah, at yeah. 100 miles an hour with laser guns. So the next 10 hours of the game, there's no ramp up. Yeah, I was going to say, because it sounds like it's just, oh... Here's everything that you have to play with right at the yeah, start. Yeah, which some games, they do it very well. Like Mirror's Edge, you get your entire tool set straight away, but you learn to use it as the game goes on. I was going to say, but that's not like weapons and power-ups and such. That's more, um, I should say, like a tool set yeah. and you learn well, the weapons to are your tool become set. better with it over time. So you, you feel that sense of like m- momentum a lot more. And that's what was satisfying about Mirror's Edge. Like The more you learn... It's mechanics. Yeah, the, in the, the towards the end of the game, you, you are, are better than you are at the start. But in Saints Row yeah. Three, um, you basically get all the crazy bullshit so soon that by the end of the game, there's no even the, even though the set pieces in Saints Row Three are quite good, mm-hmm. and like the, some of the missions are amazing, like the musical missions, especially like the first mission where you jump out of a plane and Kanye West starts yeah, playing yeah. and you got like dual moves. It's fucking awesome. But because like there's nowhere to really go up it just plateaus so quickly and then you got like seven hours of the same and yeah i think that's um kind of similar with the newer just cause games as well because they add so much crazy stuff to it but every single game the best thing to do is just grapple hook everything. which is the first thing you get and you get it from the start and it's like saints row 4 is even worse because you can still do everything you can do in saints row 1 2 and 3 like drive cars and steal and hold up shops but within mm-hmm. the first half an hour of the game, you can you got superpowers. Like, I was gonna say because I literally zoned out of that game after about twenty minutes. Yeah. But it started with you are the president of America, which is funny. Yeah, I like um, that. You like then get invaded by aliens immediately and have to fight off an alien ship. And I was just like, okay, it's because it's so crazy so fast. And by the half an hour mark, you're already running faster than cars. So now that, <laughs> that entire element of the game is completely useless, except for novelty. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, it just and the quickest way to kill oh, every enemy in the game is fun. just punch them. Because your strongest move is just to punch. So none of the crazy weapons actually any fun to use because they take longer mm. to kill things with. It's similar to... Uh, but Carl, there's a dubstep gun. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, but you get that within the first 10 minutes. So there's, oh, really? there's nowhere to go after that. It plateaus yeah. and it stays at that level. And some people like that, the sustained craziness, but I just found it like, what am I, I'm going to play for two hours and I'm going to have no new abilities or nothing new to try. And the, yeah, and the tool course, set, yeah. as much stuff as I can do, it's very limited in the sense that you can jump high and punch hard. There's not really mm-hmm. much more you can do. I was similar to, uh, I think, a lot of open world games, like Prototype, if you ever played that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The first Prototype game, um, it's momentum and movement in that game is fucking phenomenal that is the reason i finished that game so it was just fun to travel but the combat system is just so poorly implemented because yeah all you every single human-sized enemy in the game dies in one hit 
despite the fact that you it's can unlock not... combo moves. So but, yeah, because then the combo moves are only useful for like the mini bosses and so. Which, but the mini bosses always block all your attacks, so you have to kill them yeah. by either throwing things at them or running away and just shooting them, which doesn't feel fun. I think that's what I always ended up doing. Yeah. And th- so, which means that ha- again, half your move set is completely useless because all the cool yeah. combat moves you get don't can't be used on anything in the game, mm-hmm. and all the big enemies just uh, th- you don't even have a block button in that either. There's no. I think you do. You have like a power up that's a shield. shield yeah, it's not like don't. a block button. And then the second one, they messed up the running around, but fixed the combat to give you like yeah. <laughs> um, counters, so you can like throw back rockets and counter attacks, which works really well. But then the movement yeah. was terrible. It's like, oh man, just combine these two and you got a perfect game. I mean, combine the two and make it better, and you've got Spider Man. Yeah, basically, Spider Man, um, all that works because you in that game, I never used the gadgets. Because oh, really? it was so much fun just to kick everyone's ass. Oh, no, like, I mean, to be fair, it's really fun, but when you get to, like, late in the game with DLC and stuff, those gadgets become so useful. Oh, I... Well, that's the thing is, there's always a variety of enemies for you to be mixing up your attacks oh, yeah. and using gadgets and needing different powers and stuff like that. But, every, but it just felt so good to just fight people normally. Oh, I God, would yeah, use yeah. the occasional gadget, like a tase people, and then do the thing where you spin them around. And stuff like yeah. that. But it felt so good to fight. And you never felt, like, um, underpowered. No, no, And exactly. in every combat scenario, it was always like, okay, this time I'm going to go for, like, air combos and shit. But you always felt weak enough if you fucked up. Yeah, because, like, one hit. If you, let yourself, if you let yourself get a shot, then you basically your health just drains so quickly. And the fun thing I found about that game, as, as you were talking about, is every single move in that game, game that you unlock, I ended up using at one point or another. Yeah, even though I didn't use many gadgets, um, I did mm. every now and then. If I unlocked one during a fight, because I don't like not having the gadget in case I need it. I'm that guy. I'm not going to use oh, the Mega right, Elixir. Okay. You're scared to use it, yeah. so you just hold it instead. I won't use the Mega Elixir in case I need the Mega Elixir. Mm-hmm. But it's the final fight, but there might be another phase of the fight, so I won't use the Mega Elixir. No, that's exactly how I play like RPGs. Like I play a lot of Pokemon as I've probably mentioned quite a few times yeah. and it's i reached the end of the game and i just have all of like my ethers alexas rare candies well I, everything the thing about them like full full restores and stuff like that is because you can't buy them you can't you can with full restores but like ethers and stuff you can't buy but them. yeah yeah the ones that you can't buy i just don't touch yeah i never use so them. at which point they're useless to me but even if it's a super rare item i could buy it that's fine yeah but with the gadgets... But if I can't buy it, yeah. then there's always in my head a scenario where I'll need it more. Yeah, just like the Mega Elixirs. Like they should make... The, yeah. At the very least, give me a place I can go farm them. So I can yeah, get 99 yeah, of, of them and then use them like they're candy. But like, yeah, so the only t- I said, I did use the gadgets every now and again. I just never found them all that useful because the mm-hmm. combat in that game is so effective. And yeah, by yeah. the time you've got all your moves... You don't really need to be able to use powers, but I did find myself every now and again in fights with just regular mooks. So I yeah, need to end this fight quickly. I'm just going to throw out a gadget and win. And that felt very Spider-Man. That yeah, I am it was not just even like, give, oh, here's a web bomb, you all lose. Yeah, I'm not even going to give this guy robbing a bakery the time of fucking down. I'm just going to swing past at a thousand miles an hour and just throw a spider <laughs> drone at him to shoot him in the just back of the like, head. Zip him to the wall. Yeah, I'm not even going to fight him. You don't. And that's when he felt very Spider-Man. And as you, yeah. I did find myself using every aspect of that toolkit because every aspect of it was fun and vers- and useful. 
Yeah, that's the thing is there's enemies that either require you to use different movesets or are easier to defeat if you use certain yeah. moves. I think the worst thing you can ever do in a video game is when you have enemies who are completely immune to one form of attack or automatically counter when you hit, like, prototype again. Yeah, yeah. There are enemies in that game who, if you punch them, automatically counter with an unblockable attack that goes at faster than you can oh, react God. to or dodge just over and over and over again, taking off a quarter of your health every time. Oh. It's like, oh, cool, so this is no fun to fight. This enemy is now no fun. And they'll send, like, <laughs> three or four of them at once against you. Especially if you're in, like, if they're mixed in with a crowd yeah, that's of the problem. people. Because it's fine on their own, because then you know, okay, I know what I need to do to kill this. When you try to fight someone else, and it just comes off screen. And he yeah. does that, for fuck's sake. Do I really No, that's what this? I enjoyed about um, Spider-Man. is like, you'll have like, enemies with shields, but they'll just block your punch. They won't automatically hit you back if you hit the shield accidentally or yeah. something like that. I like to think there is a Spider-Man game where they do that. I mean, probably. Yeah, I like to. Th- I think like Spider-Man Two. There's been enough Spider-Man yeah. games at this point. Yeah, like Spider-Man Two was like grapplers that if you punch them, they grapple you automatically or something like that. But oh yeah, without yeah. giving you an opportunity to dodge it. It's, oh cool, so Spider Sense just don't work against this guy. <laughs> so this is Venom in disguise, is it? Thanks. Oh, I love how like Spider Sense is just picked up and dropped in Spider-Man, especially the films. Yeah, we've got a video coming up about it, about how broken it is, um, because it's so. Like all encompassing and nebulous in its definition, Spider Man's Spider Sense protects him from existential threats, such as yeah. such as losing money. When people, what, what? really, yeah, because um, he uses it to win at poker. Oh, he can God. tell when people are bluffing, because obviously if they're <laughs> bluffing, they're lying. So he can tell when people are lying. It tells him when oh, people God. have got cameras, which is why he never gets caught with his mask off. Mm. So it warns him about cameras, and it also guides where he puts his webs. So he doesn't like attach his web to something that's gonna like snap off and fall. Oh, so he right, guides okay. him through that. Also, as well, it helps him get home when he's drunk or knocked out. So I think there's <laughs> one comic where he gets drunk and wakes up the next morning in his bed because his spider sense let him swing home drunk. <laughs> it's like how stupid is this power? And then you got like video games where like um, random enemies can just punch you in the back of the head. So like, that never happened. Yeah, this is Spider Man we're talking. Or like the films. The idea that anyone could ever land a punch on Spider-Man in anything. No, is the laughable. thing is, like, I think they do in in certain points, like the original uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, like the way he um, like defeats Green Goblin at the end. That's a really good showcase for like his Spidey sense. Yeah, when he throws the bomb, like, he dodges the thing. He like dodges the bomb and then knows that the the glider's behind him and things like that without ever needing to signal it or look. Because but he, then you get other moments where he just like gets fucking donkey punched out of nowhere and doesn't know what's going you on. You know what my favourite part of Spider-Man 2 is? It's when like, Harry Osborn, you know, um, who the fuck plays that game? James Franco. Goes, yeah, goes yeah. to like uh, Dr. Octopus and says, get me Peter Parker knows where Spider-Man is. And Dr. Octopus throws a car through the window towards, oh, towards, right, yeah, pa- yeah. towards Peter Parker's head. And Peter Parker dodges it because he's Spider-Man, using his Spider-Sense. Yep. But Dr. Octopus didn't know Peter Parker had Spider-Sense. Yeah. So <laughs> He's like, why does this kid randomly so if he did not fucking have sp- dodge it? But then, like, yeah, as you say, 
why is he throwing a car at somebody that he thinks is just going to die? Yeah, that he thinks he wants to question, because he questions Spider-Man about it. So if Peter Parker had not been Spider-Man, and he was like Dr. Octopus had assumed at that point, just a guy who knows where he is, um, he would have just been wiped <laughs> out by a taxi travelling at Mach 3 through a cafe window when he's there with oh. his girlfriend. He's just like, oh, I need you to capture Peter Parker. Oh, Smash shit. cut to the next scene where he throws a taxi at him. It's like it's a cool visual, but it's one of those scenes that when you watch it back and realise, wait a minute, no one in this scene except us knows he's Spider-Man. That's yeah. stupid. How fucking ridiculous. It's like, oh my god. It's like, that would have been the end of the film right there. He'd just been <laughs> hit by a taxi. I'd have fucking loved that. If like Peter Parker just takes the hit to like do not give away that he's Spider-Man and then Oh, Otto Octavius is just like, oh shit. How did you How did you survive? Ta- what happened to your taxi wounds, Peter Parker? <laughs> what phone call? Oh, I forgot another one. Um, do you know what else Peter Parker's spider sense does? It helps him take oh, good photos. It's because it, I mean, it helps his instinct, which is why all his photos say, are so yeah, good. It sounds stupid, but I guess like his reaction times and his instincts are improved with it so yeah. it makes sense that he can react it lets, well to photos it basically lets him know where his camera is and when it's about to take a photo because you see it in a few films don't you where he attaches it to the wall and, and that's how he gets like the best fucking shots of yeah, Spider-Man I love that though when he goes to J. Jonah Jameson that first movie and he shows him shots of Spider-Man taken from like the most crazy ass angle of him <laughs> mid combo on a like a criminal and Jameson like, looks... He's literally gone into photo mode and taken that photo. He's, he's like mid-suplex on guys. Yeah. And J. John Jameson looks at him and just goes, these are all right. It's like, Who, who's going to get a better <laughs> shot than Peter fucking Where Parker? are you getting your pictures of Spider-Man? It's so good. If these are shit. It's like, oh my oh, God. Oh, fucking hell. That is just the best idea. Who's getting better shots? That's what yeah. I do think one of my favourite moments from the comics is um, when Peter Parker reveals his identity during Civil War and J. Jonah Jameson has a heart attack because he he realises he's been paying Peter Parker to give him pictures of himself. (laughs) So J. Jonah Jameson gets so angry, he has a heart attack. I mean, to be fair, when you actually think about it, like, respect Peter Parker for the hustle. Yeah. There's, there's, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to sell pictures on myself. There's loads of like little bits in the comics, like J. Jonah Jameson. He like he's not that much of an asshole. He, what he does, mm. he doesn't like Spider-Man because he draws attention away from police officers and firemen and stuff like that. Real people, yeah, who yeah. Put in their, people who don't have superpowers, who are putting their life on the line. And like then this dickhead in a spider suit comes in, saves everyone, gets all the press. Mm-hmm. And it even says in one comic where. Um, the re- he feels so betrayed by Peter Parker because I would even buy photos that weren't very good just to give him some money. Oh, yeah. He says, like, oh, oh. even when his photos weren't that great, I'd always I'd buy any photo he brought in because I wanted to support him because I thought he was a nice young man who needed a hand because he had he had a rough break in life with his uncle dying. Yeah, yeah. And you think, oh, he's not that bad a guy, and then he like married. Oh, him he's now. actually looking after Peter Parker, but. Oh, little does he know. Yeah, little does he know. It's so good. He's been <laughs> paying for photos of me. I do love the um, the twist they take on it in the game, though. Of like, he's no longer at the Daily Bugle. He just runs. <laughs> he runs his own podcast. Shit about Spider-Man. Just Alex, it's just Alex Jones in it up. Just, yeah, he's just a conspiracy theory. It's like that. <laughs> that is probably one of my. It's such a good running gag because 
every time you do, you see it from the perspective of Spider-Man. Like, I have just saved like a hundred people from a bomb or some yeah, shit. Yeah. I just defeated the shocker and sent him back to prison again. And you hear J. Jonah Jameson come over the mic and just go, well, I heard Peter Parker, like, is he really, work- did he really um, did he get rid of the shocker or are they working together on some yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, like, did, did he break shocker out of prison so that he could go in? Just like, so he could rescue him and look better. Yeah, look better and shit like that. <laughs> and then you get the moments where, like, you get pedestrians and stuff that have been saved by Spider-Man. They just call, like, yeah. innocent people. They call up and go, oh, Spider-Man's a nice guy. And he's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah, you're like, Spider-Man rescued my daughter from a burning building. He goes, how do you know Spider-Man didn't light that fire? <laughs> it's like, what proof have you got? I think, I remember, I got so pissed off with it because I, it just keeps going. It keeps oh, yeah, going. Yeah. And I scroll, and I found out you can unsubscribe from his podcast. Yeah. Which is the greatest just prompting again. It's like unsubscribe <laughs> from J. Jonah James's podcast. Did ma- you though, Carl? I did, yeah. Did you miss an hour? I did, but then I resubscribed and listened to them all at the end. Like, I went through oh, right, okay, and yeah. listened to them all in um, one big go. Because uh, that's the thing is, when I was playing through the game naturally, there were so many times where it was a bit annoying because I'd really want to listen to them all. But I'm at my mission point. Oh, so you have to stand And then around. he's rambling for another like 30 seconds before I can start doing anything. Oh, can you imagine? Just, he would shit himself in impotent rage if he knew that Spider Man was a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> he would just like, be so mad to know that Spider Man's listening and just laughing at him as he does it. So like, he is mid rescue listening to his podcast. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Oh my God. They need to bring that back for the next game. Oh, if they don't, yeah. like, that'll be a missed opportunity. Did you read all like, the backstory stuff on that? Of why... No, I didn't. Why J. Jonah James in that game, he's running a podcast? No, I actually all didn't. Right, well, you, there's a load of collectibles in the environment, and there's one, it's like a headline from the Daily Bugle that says mm. that Spider-Man killed somebody or let somebody die on purpose to make himself look better. And Peter oh, Parker shit. says, I quit the Daily Bugle that day. The day he, uh, the day okay. he ran that headline with my photograph underneath it, I quit the bugle. And J. Yeah, Jonah yeah. Jameson, he got so much flack for it. Because obviously everybody loves Spider-Man that like he quit, and now he runs his podcast. <laughs> right, okay. So J. Jonah Jameson... I think I did pick up all the collectibles, but like I must have just forgotten about that one. Yeah, in that universe, he, um, he accused Spider-Man of just straight up fucking murdering somebody. <laughs> oh, and God. Spider-Man's like, fuck this, I'm not doing it no more. I mean... I, I don't blame Peter Parker for quitting. Can you imagine yeah. if he just stayed there? When you, especially in his head, he's like, you are completely full of shit. Yeah. You are so full of shit, old man. No. No more. <laughs> oh, the collectibles in that game are actually really good. It's the backpacks, isn't it? Yeah, and because you've got like um, a Spider-Man who's been doing it for, I think they said like seven or eight years at this point. Yeah, he's been Spider-Man for a long time. Yeah, so he's he's... A well-established Spider-Man and all the villains know who we are. Uh, know who he is, sorry. And, yeah, so you go and find these backpacks. There's, like, 50 of them scattered around New York. Yeah, and, the- and each one is, like, some lost backpack with, like, an item from his past. Including, it's like, very yeah. cool. And it's, I like the, it's good as well because um, it's a neat little nod to the fact that Spider-Man is usually just being a normal guy when he needs to be Spider-Man. And yeah, and they, he just starts to go, oh shit, my backpack. And they show it's it in Homecoming, don't they? Where he just sticks, he stick, he webs his backpack to the wall, comes back and it's been stolen. 
<laughs> and the idea is that he's been doing it for so long that he just keeps forgetting where his backpacks are. Mm. And I, it's it's fun, but it's only, again at the end of the day, like Peter Parker is supposed to be like some poor college student who works like pizza delivery. You think? Oh yeah, I don't know how we afford to. Well, no, backpacks. they explain that as well because I think the fiftieth backpack that you get. Or the fifty, the very last one that I got is like a science mm. award trophy from Wilson Fisk, the kingpin. And Peter, oh, Peter right, Parker okay. says, um, "I didn't really appreciate getting the award from Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, but the mm. um, the lifetime supply of backpacks was worth it." <laughs> and that's why he's got so. That's why he doesn't mind if he loses them. She just goes and gets another one because he knows yeah. the kingpin's got to pay for it. Oh god! But so I was like, it's fun, but. There's no fucking way Peter Parker's afforded 50 backpacks on the wage he yeah. gets paid. Because it shows you as well, like, his first paycheck from the Daily Bugle. And he gets, like, $300. Like, he's... And for someone living in New York and renting their own yeah. apartment, that is not money. And then just, like, at the end of it, because, oh, no, Wilson, uh, the Kingpin was paying for my backpacks. <laughs> thought, like... And you know what? I like the idea that he never bothered tracking any down, because it's, well, fuck Wilson first. Yeah, I'm just going to get another one. Ball in. Just a new oh. backpack every single day. <laughs> oh god, he's just slowly bankrupting Wilson. Fisk One backpack at a time. But the fact they explained it more than not at all, I really appreciate. Oh yeah. Any yeah. other game, it'd just be like, why are all these things just lying in these random places in the environment? And in that game, oh, it because makes, they're collectibles. Yeah, it makes perfect sense in that movie. You don't know where he was when he was like he needed to be Spider Man, and he just, web- yeah. he just webbed it to the nearest place where you know you knew people wouldn't find it. I was going to say, because unlike Homecoming, they're not just, like, in an alleyway on the side of a wallway. Someone could get them, like, on the top of Avengers Tower and shit like that. Yeah, where you were just, you know, honestly, I'm just chilling with Tony Stark, and then I got a phone call. <laughs> oh, bollocks! Oh, fuck. Gotta go be Spider-Man. I did do that thing, though, of I went to Avengers Tower in that game and mm. just, like, webbed all the windows. Like, I, every time I fly <laughs> past Avengers Tower, just shoot web at one of the windows, hoping Tony Stark's in there. Just so you can see Spider-Man. Yeah, check out this shit, Mr. Stark. Woohoo! <laughs> Doing backflips and all that crazy stuff. Did you, oh, did you find in that game like the street performers who were dressed like Spider-Man? Um, I think they are all maybe the street performers in the game. Maybe I'm thinking of a different one. They were like, I mean, I did, I did find the occasional like random Spider-Man. Yeah, like the people who dress like up. Spider-Man trying to like show off. Just go land yeah, next yeah. to them, do a backflip land on a car and just drive <laughs> away while firing webs into the air. It's like, yeah, check this shit out. I love the moments, though, when you're like, you can, like, literally jump off a skyscraper, land safely Hello. on the floor, shoot webs, all this crap, and... Sorry? Oh. Yeah, you're cutting out on my end. I don't know if it's my headphones or your thing. Are you still recording? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You, you got me, Carl? Hello? Am I still there? You are. Okay, sorry, you just cut out randomly. And oh, all, no, yeah. All I, I heard... think that's just Discord happening sometimes. Okay, because all I heard in the background was just silence then. Web. Spider-Man. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What's this spoken word album shit going on in the background? You know what that's going in? <laughs> that's staying in. Just me going, huh? Hello? Huh? Talking over you. Oh, but anyway... So, as I was saying, you can jump off like a skyscraper, you can safely land from like hundreds of metres in the air, yeah. shoot off webs, and then someone will be like, 
oh, you look a bit like Spider-Man. <laughs> I've just done the most baller shit that has ever been done on this <laughs> block, and you're telling me I'm not Spider-Man. I know, yeah. Oh, God. I literally make a point whenever someone comments, though, to just web the the closest, like, trash can and just throw it at them. <laughs> this is what you get. Just spin it it's around at 100 like, miles an hour. Oh, you look a bit like Spider-Man. Well, fuck you, I'm going to throw a trash can at you. Oh, the one that got me about that, though, is... Um, obviously, they can't have Spider-Man injuring people. So yeah, they just yeah. have it so the, the trash can goes through everybody. But I was hoping they'd do something similar to what they do in God of War. Have we seen this? Um, no. Right, well, spoilers for God of War. For anyone listening, just skip ahead. Which God of War, though, Carl? The, the new one, God of War. Okay. Which they should have been just called God of Four, but whatever. <laughs> um, but there was like, a fourth God of War that was called Ascension. Yeah. So and not God of War. It's fine. It's fine, whatever. We'll talk about crappy naming conventions after. But in that <laughs> game, spoilers, you had your chance now to skip ahead a few minutes. Um, you get the Blades of Chaos again. Oh, yeah. And the Blaze of Chaos, obviously, it's an area of effect attack where you're just swinging around these flaming swords on the end of chains, and you're going in every direction at once, and you think... And it is beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, and it looks it looks brilliant, but you think, you're swinging these around when your son is next to you. Mm. How is your son not getting hit by them? And if you actually yeah. look and go into photo mode, you'll see that Kratos only ever swings them just above the head height for Atreus. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. So when you're swinging them around, he swings them above Atreus's head. And Atreus, obviously knowing his dad is so fucking baller, knows <laughs> that he won't get hit, so continues to fight normally. But what happens when like Atreus is just strangling a guy and you come in for like an above-the-head slam? You know what? That's gameplay contrivance, you always <laughs> But I like that when I saw someone... Like, it's a little breakdown video showing all the little details you may have missed. It's like, oh yeah, Atreus ducks under your swings when you're swinging around the Blades of Chaos. That's very cool, but I still love the idea that Kratos isn't afraid to just like <laughs> jump up in the air and dunk the Blades of Chaos through Atreus into an enemy. And you know what Atreus like? That was pretty sick, Dad. He just does his Chris Redfield at the end of Resi 5 where you like get Wesker in a headlock. You tell Sheva, just shoot through me. So like, I don't care. As long as this man dies, this is the yeah. one. I don't just snipe a rifle through my body to kill Albert Wesker once and for all. Play the piccolo card. Oh, that is so good. Does that move oh. ever worked in fiction? What? It's shooting through somebody else. Has it ever worked? Because usually it's like like Chaozu does it. Like the explosion he does to uh, Nappa doesn't work. <laughs> um, Goku. Poor Chaozu. Goku oh, tries it with Piccolo, like shoot through me with the special beam cannon. That's the only time I can think of it working. Every yeah, other that, time, that, it it very much works in their favor. But if you think about it, like Goku didn't know that he could become immensely more powerful if he passed away. Yeah, he didn't. So basically, by letting himself get killed, then. He set them up for failure when Vegeta arrives. It's just so weird. It's like Vegeta as well. He does something similar. He does like the final explosion, which misses. It's like, what? How did you miss with final explosion? Oh, no, no. Like, he, he, he like blows himself up. But, but it, do- it doesn't like, work, does it? Boo, Boo just regenerates yeah, himself. It doesn't work, but. Uh, but you know what? When it does work, when Cell blows himself up and, and he com- kills Goku, but then manages to regenerate to a better form. Right, so like that—that's that's the time it works. Not only did I manage to kill one of my main opponents with it, I also came back as better. 
What's fun? Oh, God. Right, so I just had an idea from the name of God of War because I really, really <laughs> hate the idea that it's like... Because it just confuses people in the future. To call yep. it God of War again, which means there's now two God of War games, mm-hmm. and which means that the next one most likely will be called God of War 2, even though it's, they're in the same is, timeline. And it's confused. You get like... Get it quite a lot. Um, it came back up in the news recently of the new Call of Duty is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah, which annoyed me. They should have called it Modern Warfare. I don't <laughs> care warfare. what anyone says. Modern Warfare should have been done. <laughs> it's so fucking annoying that... But, Carl, it's okay because the original Modern Warfare is called Call of Duty, Duty 4 Modern, Modern warfare. warfare. And now this is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4. They should if they really wanted to, they should call it Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare Four. Yeah, I would have bought that game on title alone just to see it on my shelf. <laughs> that is so fucking stupid, man. It's like, um, will anything ever beat the Fast and Furious movies, though? Because I'm going to get them up now. Cause people forget how bad they are. So Fast. And... I mean, are they bad or are they fantastic? They are amazing. They're my favourite ones. So Fast and Furious. Now let's get the series. The Fast and the Furious series. I want to get the full list. Oh yeah, because it's AM, AMSR. Here we go. <laughs> the uh, da, da. Right, here we go. No, there we go. The Fast and the Furious is like people forget the first one was called The Fast and the Furious. Well, let's have a look at all the films. Where are they? Where's the list? Right. So, because no one's ready for how bad these things get, so we've got The Fast and the Furious in two thousand one. Too Fast, Too Furious. The f- then they go back to the Fast and the Furious again, but this time the Fast and the Furious <laughs> Tokyo Drift. The one after that is simply titled Fast and Furious. And what oh, I'm going to point out is the Fast and the Furious has and written as and. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift has and, but Fast and Furious has an ampersand. Oh, that, no. Then that goes to Fast 5. Oh, yeah. Then we have Fast and Furious again, but this time with an ampersand 6. Which then goes, the next one is Furious 7, and then you go, The Fate of the Furious. It's like, what? It's so stupid. And then you have, oh, like, the spin offs, which you have Fast and Furious Presents, Hobbs and Shaw. And then you yeah. have a TV series, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. But then people forget that. There's a spin off TV show? No, yeah, the spin off is to be announced. And then you have the short oh, okay. films, which you have the turbocharged prelude for Too Fast, Too Furious, and Los <laughs> Bandoleros. Oh, God. Which is, like, completely stupid. Has anything <laughs> ever been? It's like, it's, there's never been a bigger clusterfuck in terms of naming conventions than this. It is but amazing. One thing I do appreciate is just, like, the fact that they're willing to go so stupid with it. Oh, yeah. And I was watching um, some kind of funny videos on YouTube, and it's like, um, they were reviewing all of the Fast and Furious movies. They just get better as they go along. And it was like, oh, one of them was like, oh, what I want to see is them start incorporating more puns into it. And it was like, oh, so like Fast and the Furious 10 should be Fast 10, your seatbelts. Oh, they should have some like, titles yes. on. Oh. Well, the thing is, there is a 10th film announced. Oh, really? Yeah, there is an untitled ninth film in the works and an untitled 10th film. And there is also a untitled female-centred spin-off in the works. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in addition to like the TV show I just mentioned called Spy <laughs> Racers. 
It's so good. Like the But I've got to respect like how ridiculous Hobbs and Shaw looks. The, the thing is, right? Can you believe that of all like so when Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just immensely popular? It's so yeah, all encompassing. Yeah. It changed the face of cinema as we know it, and every single movie studio out there was trying to like you know ape it. And you'd have oh, think of course, like, yeah. DC tried, DC failed. Mm-hmm. Like the Robin Hood movie was supposed to be a um, like, like seriously. There was a Robin Hood cinematic universe that was in the works that failed. <laughs> there was the Universal Dark Universe that failed. I was going to say, because there was the one with the Mummy reboot yeah. where that fucking trash um, came out. Kingsman was supposed to kickstart its own universe. John Wick, they're trying to make a universe out of, which is going oh, really? quite well at the moment. Yeah, there's a TV... I was going to say, like, the, the, the John Wick trilogy has apparently been very successful. And there has so. been a fourth one greenlit, and there is going to be a offshoot TV show. About the, oh, hotel, okay. about the hotel, so that one's probably that one's doing okay. Uh, the, is Bill and Ted the reboot going to be part of John Wick? <laughs> no, it's not. Unfortunately, there oh, was God. Ghostbusters 2016, which was supposed to be the kickstarting of a cinematic universe, which obviously oh. failed. And then you got Fast and Furious, which didn't start as a cinematic universe. It just started as movies where they drive cars and steal things, which is now. And I looked this up because I didn't believe it. It is the eighth most popular franchise ever in terms of box office. It is insane. It is up there with Star Wars and Jurassic fucking Park. (laughs) It is crazy. And apparently um, it was meant to finish after Tokyo Drift. Well, that's that's because Tokyo Drift, obviously, um, spoilers, Han dies. Yeah, and yeah. every film, like, because Han was still in the films, they were te- they're technically prequels or set before Tokyo Drift because they didn't want to write that character out. Oh, okay, and there yeah. were actually like rumors that they're going to bring him back and just say he's his own twin brother or something, <laughs> just because everyone loves that character so much and no one cares oh, about the story enough. It's like bring bring him back as a zombie, no one cares. When you're at the point where your spin-off film is basically an action film. And Idris Elba says, "I'm Black Superman." Yeah, he's he's wearing a I robot think he's suit. Got to that point where just fuck it. Yeah, just say he was in as like just say Russell Crowe, not um, what's his name, Kurt Russell's character was keeping him on ice somewhere, and now he's a robot. <laughs> I would buy that immediately. Yeah, <laughs> especially when he says, "Oh, this movie, The Fast and the Furious." The thing they're stealing in the first movie is DVD players. <laughs> they're stealing DVD players and like the newest oh. one to come out has Idris Elba in a robot suit fighting the rock <laughs> how fucking good it's, it's oh, just my favourite fucking bit of that trailer even though it gives away like the entire fucking movie is just the fact that the rock got a moment where he like chains a helicopter and pulls a helicopter down with his arm. He, he does the Captain America thing. He literally does a Captain America. But he's a regular man. Just drags a fucking helicopter down by himself. Well, he's basically got superpowers in those movies. Have you seen Fast and Furious 8? Or Fast, whatever, the, the Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. Yeah, have you no, seen I that? haven't. Because in that movie, there is like a prison fight scene, which I invite anyone to go look for on YouTube and just watch. Where it's Jason Statham, like this is this was supposed to be the setup to Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, okay. The story behind this was it was go at the there was go, this was the setup to test the on screen chemistry of those two characters without anybody oh, right. else in the movies, and they were going to put in like a little wink wink nudge nudge thing to saying like maybe we'll work together in the future after mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, and the story goes that Vin Diesel, who is an executive producer on all these movies, called up the studio and told them to cut it out. 
What really? Yeah, because he didn't want like them blocking his shine. Because he felt like they oh, were trying. Oh, okay. Because he's that much of an egocentric asshole. He doesn't like <laughs> that these movies are not about him anymore. Yeah. And yeah. the joke I always tell is like he's he must be so salty that he's not even the fourth most popular bald character in his own movie. <laughs> because everyone else is just like everyone else in that film or that series is just massively more charismatic than he is, and it must really annoy him. Because everyone, <laughs> only the more charismatic, they're better actors. And yeah, I, would, yeah. I, I think would... that's the thing is like the most interesting things I've ever heard about Vin Diesel are just like stories about what he's like as a normal person. Yeah. I don't, I've never liked him as an actor, not disliked him in any way, but you just comes across as very bland. It's because he always tries to be the gruff action guy, which it yeah, works yeah. like for stuff like Riddick, but when you are in a movie and you are starring opposite The Rock, you, just, <laughs> you can't really sell the fact you're like this super tough like ubermensch when you've got The Rock in your movie, who is basically yeah. just like 400 pounds of hewn granite in human form. <laughs> anyway, there's, there's this fight scene in the prison where it's like basically it's him and... Um, Jason Statham are locked up and they escape. And they have Jason oh, okay. Statham doing these Jason Statham things. It's basically a yeah. scene from the transporter. And he's like doing like all parkour and like kicking people's heads off and like stealing guns and shooting people. And then yeah, the rock yeah, just walks through the prison and he's throwing people like 20 feet through the air. <laughs> there is a part where they have like an entire row of security guards with riot shields and he runs yeah. into them and it's like a comedy shot. Because it shows him running, and it smash cuts to a hallway, and it shows, like, five security guards getting thrown towards the wall like bowling pins. <laughs> like, there's a bit in that movie where someone gets a riot shotgun, which is a shotgun that fires beanbags. And oh, someone yeah, yeah. shoots the rock with it in his head, and he just shakes it off and goes, please don't do that. Like, he's basically <laughs> a superhero. He's, he might as well be, like, Hancock or some shit. I love it. Yeah, that's the thing is, I, I, I've i not really watched these films. I watched uh, Tokyo Drift. I think no, that's the other one. Watch the later ones. They just get, like, they get so stupid. Yeah, that's the thing is, I'm quite sold on what people have said about them because they're just ridiculous over the top action films. So I do need to get around to them. But the idea that they've taken, like, I say this film franchise that was about stealing DVDs and drifting and shit like this and yep. they've just made it a fucking superhero film for all intents and purposes. And the fact that Vin Diesel is really salty about it makes it <laughs> even better because apparently behind the scenes he's so mad that the focus is now on like The Rock and Jason Statham and all the supporting cast and that yeah, the films yeah. aren't about family anymore. They're just about... But like, you know what? When you're starring against The Rock... You're not going to be the focus anymore. No, because he's just such a, he's just such a charismatic dude. He is, but yeah. like, it's so funny to me that he gets really annoyed about it, and that he went. <laughs> he was so petty that he went as far to call up because he's an executive producer on all of the movies. Yeah, yeah. After the um, the first three, like he started executive. I'm looking at the list now. He executive produces every single one, except oh, okay, for yeah, the cool. one starring Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. <laughs> because behind the scenes um, he got so annoyed at The Rock like, basically blocking focus for him that they were mm. falling out and The Rock just told him to fuck himself <laughs> like, in the nicest possible way he went look I don't care who you are I'm The Rock please leave me alone and Vin Diesel's like nope me and him are not going to be in the same scene yep. and if you won't watch Fast and Furious 5 and Fast and Furious 6 I think it's Fast 5 is where they fell out in the Fast 6 and Furious 7 they basically didn't speak you'll see that Vin Diesel is always in the background of shots. 
Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So, like, they never actually recorded anything together. No. He just stands off in the background, or when they talk, it's obviously like um, pickup shots where it's Vin Diesel talking and they'll cut to the rock. Which they yeah, play, yeah, just they... like hard cuts between the two and they're never actually like, on screen all yeah, the time. Yeah, they were together. clearly never on screen at the same time. Because it reminds me, I think it was Sean Paul. There's a story like this in the music world, but it was Sean Paul did a song with, is it Beyonce, who's married to Jay Z? Yeah, yeah. I think those two have got a music video together. And the story goes that Jay-Z went, um, I don't want that man anywhere near my wife. So Really? Yeah, and obviously Jay-Z gets what the fuck he wants. The <laughs> first <laughs> rap billionaire, here we go. And if you watch the music video they're in, they're never on screen together. Because <laughs> they couldn't do it. So see what the thing is there? Oh, Bruno, God. Is it, I think it's Bruno Mars. Because Bruno Mars is really short in real life. And he's oh yeah, of course, yeah. And he's really annoyed about it. And there's like a music video he did with someone, and he's never on screen with the girl he does the music video with because she's like a foot and a half taller than he is. <laughs> so it's like the um, the only Bruno Mars music video I've actually seen was uh, Uptown Funk, and nearly like every single shot seems to be like from below. Yeah, because he, he so it makes him look taller. Because no one realizes how short he is, and then he forgets all his videos frame like that, so people don't um, make fun of him for it. <laughs> and at that point, but you know what? He still has to go on stage. Yeah, like but he's on not stage, deceiving yeah, on people. Stage, when he obviously. plays at the Super Bowl, people are going to see how short he is. Well, they're not, not stood next to him either, and that's the point. But I, making fun of someone being short is a bit of a dick move. But making some making fun of someone for being so embarrassed about being short they will go as far to not appear in music videos with other people who they're yeah. collaborating with that's funny yeah yeah like I'm, I'm a pretty short guy and I, I don't care about it but I get plenty of comments every now and then and like that's just people being a dick but when yeah you're so self conscious you aren't willing to be on screen with someone that's taller than you even though you are a multi I always say look at Prince Prince was yeah. a shock. I think he was five foot two, five foot three. He was tiny, was Prince, but mm. he walked like he was seven feet tall. Yeah, because he was fucking Prince, and there was not a single musician in the industry who didn't have just like just inordinate amounts of respect for the size and girth of his penis because he was <laughs> Prince. Um, but you know like, what? It's like look at Bruce Lee. Did Bruce Lee ever go? I'm not appearing in like the same screen in this fight as like. This seven foot guy. Yeah, that was, no, he's yeah, fucking he, he, took him down. He fucking, I'll kick the shit out of anyone. I'm Bruce fucking <laughs> Lee. So there's a, I think there's a story about Prince that I love the most. Is the Super Bowl. He performed at the Super Bowl one year, mm. and the organisers were really, really worried because they said, "Oh, it's going to rain." And as they were setting up the stage, they went, "Oh, it's raining." And they called up Prince's manager, and they got through, put through to Prince, and said, uh, "We're sorry, Mr. Prince. It's um." Because that was his real name, by the way, Prince Rogers. <laughs> Prince Rogers, I think it was. Like that was his oh, really? his given name was just Prince. What, what a ball a name! Yeah, to give your baby Prince. I'm just and gonna they, call him Prince. They called him up. They're like, um, it's raining, and he paused for a moment. and went, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> because he wanted to sing Purple Rain. Yeah. So yeah. what he did is he had giant fucking lights set up to make the rain purple. <laughs> and he was on stage with like his his backup dancer crew, who apparently he worked with for years, and it's these yeah. like statuesque giant fucking model women who he put in five inch heels <laughs> and he's like he didn't give a fuck and they were walking nope. around on slick acrylic covered in water without falling over while Prince himself <laughs> was in platform shoes just playing like shredding the fuck out of a guitar while singing Purple Rain he's like oh Prince oh, it's so man. cool 
He's so fucking cool, man. Then you fast forward and you've got bloody, uh, was it Maroon 5? Did you, that was the uh, last yeah, one. Yeah. The last one with Maroon 5. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just yeah. after Stephen Hillenburg died. The SpongeBob mm. guy. And they were like saying, oh, play Sweet Victory for SpongeBob. Yeah. And, a, and the rumour there behind the scenes is that the guys, the guy from Maroon 5 was didn't want SpongeBob taking centre stage. Oh, but no. Because they knew, they knew about the uh, the petitions to play the songs. They play like five seconds of it. Yeah, because they, they basically like apparently, you know, appeased people they by played, playing yeah. the short clip of it, but that got everybody just more infuriated. Because that means that double down. You, yeah, you knew about it and ignored it because uh, yeah. the story behind it is like they didn't want to play someone else's song when they were headlining the Super Bowl. And yeah, my argument yeah. to that would be, if you're in a position where you think I'm bigger than Spongebob, you can go and fuck yourself. <laughs> so think what's but going you know what as well? You that- have enough attention. You are playing at the fucking Super Bowl. Like, just give the people what they want. Yeah, it's there. you are there for entertainment. But it reminds me a lot of... Um, I'll forget the name of the band. But I th- uh, and I'll forget the name of the other band. But it was... I think it, it might have been Rush. It might have okay. been Metallica. But it was this big, huge metal band. And they asked another band to cover for them. Yeah. And the lead singer uh, the lead singer of that band said, Oh, we're not opening for them. Um we're, oh. we're, we're not we're not an opening band. And I think the drummer or the guitarist quit on the spot and said nobody's too big to open for Metallica or something like that. <laughs> I forget the name it's gonna annoy me now that I don't know the full details to the story. Yeah, yeah. But it was just some metal band back in the day, just their guitarist quit because he didn't like the ego of the lead singer saying we're too yeah, big course, to open yeah, yeah. for this all-encompassing band in our genre that defined an entire generation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you nobody is too big to open for fucking Prince or something like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I love the like, idea that we have these like monolithic musicians who are just so untouchable in just terms of what they've achieved that they have basically just got a free pass forever. Yeah. Like, you've got, like, Paul McCartney. So you come from Liverpool, don't you? Like they, those guys, like, they're basically, they're living legends, the ones that are left out there. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah you can't I mean, move for Beatles merchandise. You know, Paul McCartney definitely is. Ringo Starr's a bit more of a a, a soft point sometimes. Who's the voice apparently, of I, I can't engine. confirm this is true, but apparently Ringo Starr, like, doesn't like the idea that he's a scouser. Does he not? No, apparently not. That's what they're all famous for, though. I mean, he's, he yeah, yeah, scouts yeah, which is ridiculous. I love how he does, he does the voiceovers for Thomas the Tank Engine sometimes. <laughs> he really does. Isn't he like the uh, the inspector or something like that? No, I think he did the voiceover. He oh, really? It, he did it for years because there's a uh, Americans listening might be weird, wondering why one of the biggest musicians on the entire planet is doing a voiceover for Thomas the Tank Engine. Should explain there is a wonderful tradition in the United Kingdom where massive celebrities will appear on kids' shows. Not specific, not just any kids' shows though. Shows for very very young children. Hmm. My favourite example is Balamore. Is it? It's not Balamore. Right? What's the one where they read the bedtime story? I, I don't know. I'm going to look this up I'm now. I'm not an expert on because, no, baby programs. No, trust me, because this is this is amazing. So it's a bedtime story. Uh, BBC. Oh fuck's sake! My fucking wireless keyboard is not wireless enough. I've got to move it. It's super annoying. Oh god, really? Because I've set up my desk, but I put my keyboard too far across the desk. Oh, so now I have to no. lean over to type. I think I need new batteries in it, so I need to go buy some stuff. Oh, yeah. Time story, BBC. I think just like, oh, we've, we're still in this day and age where anything wireless is still a bit faffy. 
Like I bought a wireless it's keyboard a and mouse way. for my setup, and it's just like, oh cool, like no wires, and then it's just like every now and then it just cuts out. It's like, oh god, have we not figured this out yet? I'm trying to think. Here we go. Right, it's Jackanory. It's a show where basically it's um, a an actor or notable celebrity of the day just comes and reads a book, like right? their either their favourite book or just a book they quite enjoy or one that's been picked for the episode, and it's literally just story time for little kids. Hmm. And the list of they have got three thousand episodes, and it has been running Fucking since the nineteen sixties. There are apparently two thousand three hundred episodes missing, and so thirty six oh three hundred three thousand six hundred forty episodes, two thousand three hundred thirty missing because the BBC is terrible at maintaining its archives. <laughs> I mean that is. But I'm just really now. Here is a, here is a list up that many. No, here is a list of read. No, but uh, we can talk about like, back in the day the BBC didn't save anything. Oh, God. Uh, it wasn't until, like, the 80s or 90s where they realised people would want to watch stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> because, and for that reason, like, the moon landing would ended up getting deleted um, years and years of Doctor Who. Because the idea was, once people have watched it oh, once... yeah, yeah, of course. ...there is no reason... To, no one's ever going to pay to watch it again. Because there's no... Mm. We, we didn't foresee that in 50 years' time, stuff like Netflix would exist. But anyway, right? I've now got in front of me, like, a... Just a non-exhaustive list of people who've read books on this show. It's a kid's show. So let's see if you recognise some of these names. So, Rick Mayle. Rick I recognise the name. Ian McKe- Rick Mayle is... Uh, if you don't know Rick Mayle, like, fucking get on it. So let's try a different one there. How about Ian McKellen? Oh, well, How about yeah. Liam Neeson? Tony Robinson? I mean, yeah. How about Judy Dench? <laughs> Brian Camp? Er- the Earl Cameron? Fucking yes, lad. Oh, my God. Um, John Hurt? Lenny Henry? Oh John yeah. Stride, uh, Molly Sugden, Kenneth yeah. Williams, Victoria Wood, Ben Kingsley. So what you're saying is every British actor ever. Basically, I want to get like the list of. I want to get the list of some crazy people who've done it. So, oh, fuck's sake, keyboard, damn it! Wikipedia <laughs> has a non-exhaustive list, so I want to find one of like the biggest names. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Because like obviously you're just going through a list of every single big star. Yeah, and some of them obviously you don't recognise. Yeah, yeah. So let's try and find. Oh, let's go on. Let's go on IMDb. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, because they'll like, show me. They'll show me the picture. Probably have like top billing of stuff as well. Oh hell yeah. Oh god. What? It's just ridiculous. Well, it's just reading really, like, the new one. They've had people like I think Prince William did one. Mm. So with like Prince Charles, like a lot of the, some of the a lot of the royals have done one. Um, Tom Hardy did one, and that ended up being the most watched episode. Because <laughs> <I found laughs> like, they have those demographic boxes on top of TVs. They said yeah, yeah. this for some reason. This episode was mostly watched by thirty-five-year-old women. Because oh, all the older women were tuning in to hear Tom Hardy read a bedtime story, <laughs> which I think is fucking brilliant. Oh, that is amazing. Oh man, it was so fucking like the amount of people they got to do this. Like Thora Heard did one. Like oh, even wow. if you don't know who that is, you recognise that name, don't you? No, yeah, yeah. Because that's the famous one. Oh man, like, I'm scrolling down the list and it's just fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like so many fucking people did all this shit. But I'm looking at the one for the sixties. When was like Brian? Brian Blessed obviously did one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the. There was a reboot of it though. This is just from the sixties. So we find like the one for the newest season, uh, Jack and Ori. Was new. We're gonna find the, it's the, the new celebrity list. Yeah, it's when they did the new series. Uh, da, da, da. 
spin-off. Carl's going on an adventure again. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. It was on CBBC. Revival, here we go. Briefly. Oh, right, okay. We've got this. Oh, no, it's more like they brought it back every now and again. That's super oh, nice. right, okay. So, like, we've built up enough fucking celebrities to all do this in one go. But Jack and Ori was basically just this huge fucking thing. Yeah, where, yeah. Where they got just everyone. And like, they've, like I said, they've got people from the royal fucking family doing it. But, Carl, the question is, if they approach you and go, would you like to read a bedtime oh, yeah. story Imme- immediately. for kids? Who the fuck's going to say no? Exactly, and that's the thing. And they don't get paid for it. I think they get, they get like, scale. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, Here we go. It's another one. CBB's Bedtime Stories. <laughs> this is a different thing they did, which was in the, in the same vein as Tom Hardy. Oh, sorry, not Tom Hardy. In the as same Tom vein. Hardy. He's in the same vein as Jack and Ori, but they rebooted it for a more modern audience. Oh, okay. And let's try and find the list of people they've got to do it. Here we go. Right, so they've got Dame Jessica Ennis, Sheffield, represent... <laughs> Josh Hom, Dolly Parton, Elton John, an astronaut who read from space called Tim uh, from Tim called Tim Peake, Eddie Redmayne, Emily Watson, Ewan McGregor, celebrity Ooh, chefs, no. Chris Evans, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Fucking America did it. Yes, man. Uh, try to find some more lists. At Orlando Bloom. Oh yeah. Tom Hardy, Sir Patrick Stewart, David Tennant, Rosamund Pike. Here we go. <laughs> oh man. Oh, let's try to find some more. Who's going to let the kids down, though, Carl? Like, that's the question. That's the... Th- yeah, because um, it's just whenever they're in. That was the one yeah. I was thinking of. Jack and Ori was the original, and then inspired by that. Uh, for they CB, this, this future, is literally yeah. for tiny little kids, like six... Five to six-year-olds. And they just, that's like... That's the thing, is, like... They I want it. a list of people who they asked that said that, no, I'm not going to read this bedtime story for kids. Here we go. Yeah, we've got... I've got This is on IMDb now. So I actually have this, which is, like, the reboot where they said, fuck it. We're getting everybody. Yeah. We're getting fucking everybody in. Because you know what? We're the BBC and we've got that big dick fucking money to get. So, <laughs> David Tennant, as a start. Oh, yeah. Tom Hardy, who apparently appeared on five episodes. Oh, God. Uh, we have got Damien Lewis. Isla Fisher. Fucking hell. Eddie Redmayne. Um, <laughs> Stephen Graham. Dan Walker. Sarah Alexander. Comedian. Uh, Frank Skinner did a couple episodes. Oh, nice. Um, Dolly Parton. Fucking yes. Natalie Dormer. Yeah. George Ezra. Emma Bunton, Jodie Whittaker, uh, Annette Crosby, Lulu, who just has one name, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> Bernard Cribbins, David Hasselhoff did one. Oh yeah. Matthew McNulty, uh, Angelica Bell, Stacey Solomon, Robert Webb, Bra- Professor Brian Cox. Oh yeah. Uh, Rosamund Pike, Peter Sarah Fucking Finowitz, Darth <laughs> Maul, James McAvoy, uh, David oh. Williams, Matt Berry. Oh, that'd have been a fucking oh, yeah. episode, wouldn't it? Sir Chris Hoy, Laura Paddock, Elton fucking John, <laughs> Ewan McGregor, Chris Kamara, Emily Watson. No, no, I thought it was Emma Watson. Emily Watson. Who the fuck's that? Tom O'Dell, Katie Piper. Fair play. Who's like um, a famous children's author, but fucking hell. That is an exhaustive list. It is as well. And I'm not even halfway. There's probably actors on there I'm not recognising. Again, there's, it's not. A, that's an incomplete list, but... I love that idea of fuck it. Who can we get in? Like, <laughs> it's like you said. It's it's a it's probably half a day for them. They yeah, come yeah. into the studio. They have a cup of tea. They sit down. They read a bedtime story in front That's of the camera. Funny. How long is an episode? What like? It's fifteen. Can't minutes. be long to read a bedtime story. Yeah, it's fifteen minutes, and they do like an introduction where they talk about yeah, the story yeah. and what it means to them. Read it and then go. 
So that to Tom Hardy was probably a couple of hours doing five episodes. And then he gets like they'll give him a couple, like bunt him a couple of grand for his time. Yeah, and yeah. send him on. His, and as well, it's just really good for your profile. Mm-hmm. But just the idea, like, who who is going to turn that down? I'd like, I would like to see a list of people they've approached who have turned it down. Yeah, that's what I want. I want the IMDb section of dickheads who didn't want to do this. Dickheads who hate children, <laughs> specifically adorable children who don't want to like read and don't want to read them a bedtime story. I know. Because it's that news story that always cracked me up. Of just when Thomas, uh, when Tom Hardy did it, and all the thirty-year-old women just tuned in <laughs> just to watch him read him a bedtime story. Oh, like the God. eye player for that episode said it's been replayed the most times of anything we've put up. It's crazy. I love the idea though of it's just like, oh no no, the baby just really likes this episode. It's Tom fucking Hardy. <laughs> it's like, but just think, what other show can you think of where they've had that eclectic a range of stars? And then you tell people, it's such a distinctly British thing as well. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, American society, there's no, like, local, like, thing for everyone in America. Well, yeah, there's nothing like like the BBC, there's no American equivalent of, like, this is the British broadcasting station, like... So, obviously, there's nothing really big enough to get actors of that calibre on consistently, or people, celebrities on, like that. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. The BBC has just got worldwide recognition... So they can get just anybody they fucking want to appear on it. And I yep. love that. So, that yeah, is beautiful, like. Just actually, the idea that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen and all that shit's done it. I hope they were just like Magneto and Professor X. Yeah, yeah, like, the thing is as well, you just, like, look at the list of things that they've done, and it's just so many things. that They are obviously like, very um, classical actors, and you see, like, um, even to this day, Ian McKellen was on... Like a West End show not long ago, I believe. He's, he's still on. Yeah, he does limited runs now because he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. he's he's quite old and to he doesn't want to dedicate the amount of time to it. Cause he's still he likes doing his activism and stuff now. Yeah, but I'd say like very uh, like traditional British actors, but then just a list of like random things that they've done as well. well and obviously, like that. you know, Magneto and Professor X. That's one strange thing that you wouldn't think they'd have signed up for, especially back in the day. Well, I actually did an article on this the other day, and I one of the reasons that Ian McKellen was so excited to be in X-Men movies was because mm. he liked the allegory that could be drawn between like gay rights, oh, right, okay, a, yeah, a yeah. marginalised group fighting for just recognition and rights, and the yeah, story sure. of like the mutant story. Mm-hmm. And he said he was drawn to Magneto for that reason. Oh, fair enough, yeah. Of like, there's the basically a fight for marginalised groups to be recognised for what they are. Cause he was, I think like, that's very, like one thing that. X-Men does really well of like okay it is about like superheroes and silly things but like you have a lot of um, allegories like that and you have um, you know everything with the sentinels of like trying to hunt people down and stuff like that but Lucas media is too political (laughs) it's too political I I love that especially when like um, they talk about shit like X-Men or Spider-Man like Spider-Man is supposed to be like oh it can be read as like a metaphor for going through puberty and that sort of thing. Oh, well, uh, the, yeah. The X-Men but it's, are very clearly... It's not a metaphor for puberty. It's just somebody in this comic book is a teenager going through shit like that himself. Well, it's, it can be read as a metaphor for that. Or, uh, I always get confused with like a metaphor or an allegory. But whatever. What is it now? I was going to say anagram then, because I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's an anagram, yeah. <laughs> you still have not had my coffee today, bloody hell. <laughs> Spider-Man is an anagram of puberty. 
<laughs> you're always, you you're always without fail, every time you get by a piece of media released and they're like, oh, we've got a white, we've, here's our cast, we're going like, to put a woman in this wrong. Mm. So, oh, it's just, it's political correctness gone mad, they're like forcing politics down everybody's throat because everything's political. Yeah, Which I mean, you're like, too stupid you to realise You can't write an objective piece of creative work. And if you do, it's going to be fucking boring. Yeah, it's going to be boring. It's going to have no substance. Yeah. Because uh, like the, the snapback I always hear to that is when I always say like, every piece of media is political. And if you don't think it is, you're either too stupid to realise it or it agrees mm. entirely with your politics and it's not challenging your viewpoint. Oh, right, okay, you're yeah. not reading too deeply into it. It's like, oh, tell me what the politics of Pong are. It's like, <laughs> because it's just like two lines on a screen back, uh, bouncing around a dot. Yeah. It's, obviously, it's a reductive argument and it's one of those gotcha things of I'm going to ignore everything you've just said by citing this one specific example. I was going to say because they found like an exception to the general rule. Which is, a se- which is so common, it's a fucking cliché. <laughs> the exception that proves the rule is the rest of that fucking sentence they don't realise. Yeah. But it's amusing to me when you see stuff like that and how... I did. I studied media in university, so I always mm. assumed it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect, I think it is, where you overestimate your own expertise in something and as well as like other people and disregard other people's. No, that's not... That's the wrong oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. That's, that's a completely different kettle of fish, but it's... Um, there's, there's probably a word out there I'm thinking of, but I can't... It doesn't spring to mind immediately, but it's because I studied media, I've mm-hmm. always acted on the assumption that the ability to read media and see some of its underlying themes, like, say, like Superman being a Jesus allegory in Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah, I cool. thought stuff like that's quite obvious. That is so, kind of hammed so down your throat in that movie. But there are people who don't see it. They just yeah, see yeah, it as sure. action movie. Or people who watch, like, Godzilla... And just think it's a big dumb. You can read it as a big dumb action movie, but yeah, it's, yeah, of course. it's supposed to be like a, a tear down of like nuclear weapons. Like Godzilla mm. is a natural threat that arises as a direct result of nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah, of course. And destroy cities as a result for their hubris for thinking yeah. that they could command such power and not have it blow back in their face. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, even like the as as we've said before, Marvel is like the biggest fucking franchise in the world right now. And they literally have, like, Captain America Civil War. Like, if you don't think that even the these guys are getting into politics every now and then, like, they literally have a massive movie called Civil War. And a guy called Captain America, <laughs> who openly questions in half the movies he's in, is he fighting for a just cause? Yeah. Is he just being used as, like, a, a mouthpiece for America? when he should be doing something about it. So there's um, a, uh, like utilising the power you have for the greater good and that sort of thing. So, no, no, he's just punching criminals. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nothing to do with like any politics or the fact that Hydra is basically just Nazis. And yeah. None of these, they, you know. so, they are so Nazis, they do a double Nazi salute. The Hail Hydra <laughs> salute is a double Nazi salute. They are double Nazis. But you know what? It's, it's so got nothing obvious. to do with politics. Oh, no, it's just not. Silly it's just silly superhero things. And you can read it like that, but it always surprises me to hear when people don't read it as being political or like having any sort of just message at Yeah, all. of course, yeah. It's very that weird confu- to think it, like... It just seems like a very weird and like dull way to read media. Mm-hmm. Where you are, li- you, are giving, you are giving every piece of media that people spent years sometimes crafting and it's the most surface level reading of it possible. 
Yeah, exactly. You're gaining but, nothing but the action on screen out of it. It's a very weird way to like consume media, I suppose. And it's strange to see it framed as the only correct way. Or yeah. like the people people brag about like not understanding media as it like as in like um anti intellectualism is a thing. Of people who say like they don't see the messages of books and <laughs> shit like that. There's a famous like Ron Swanson quote, like the character from Parts and Rec. Oh yeah. Where he talks about how books. he doesn't uh, how he doesn't like um he doesn't want his media to have messages or anything like that. So that's why he says my favourite book is Moby Dick, which is just a story about a man hunting a whale. And like Moby Dick's obviously the most famous thing of it. It's the futility of like, you know, just throwing your life away after this yeah, time. Yeah. Like it's a, a pyrrhic victory where he hunts the whale and then loses his life because of it. And it's was it really worth it in the end? Like mm-hmm. that's there's loads of ways you can read that book. Yeah, yeah, but, but the there are idea people that out there and just sees it as it is literally a man hunting a whale. And you can read it like that. I'd argue you probably shouldn't. <laughs> Because I'd argue then, you get you benefit a lot less out of a book like that if you just read it that way. Or any piece of media, because then you're not you can't really discuss it on anything but the most superficial level. Yeah, exactly. Like you can discuss that was cool, and that's about it. Yeah, you end up like say if we did a movie review and we couldn't read the movie anything, we we just purely on visual spectacle. Yeah, um, yeah. What we saw on screen, we might as well call ourselves fucking like screen rant or something. <laughs> so have you ever seen like those movie reviews by channels like that? Um, I and probably never... have. I like those kind of YouTube videos. I will, you know, click on one thing that sounds interesting, regret my decision halfway through. They are infuriating for me. So I said I studied a lot of media, and I love nothing more than just deconstructing media and in on that on like that micro scale, like getting right the fuck in there to just like tear apart like specific scenes or actions in some cases yeah, to see yeah. like what meaning can be derived from it and then seeing them go with something like Godzilla which doesn't make like it's, it's the most obvious blunt force trauma metaphor I've ever seen it's like this is, a, <laughs> this is it's as blunt as a brick to the face it's so fucking obvious what it represents well, it's, it's like a Japanese film like, um, say Jurassic World of like oh you can take that as a stupid dumb dinosaur film but it's way more about like not meddling with things nature that we be in and stuff like that. Yeah, and you have character. You have a character on screen whose entire raison d'être is saying that basically to camera. We sh- we don't have the right to control these animals. Yeah, yeah. This is too much power for humans to wield. And Jurassic Park, because obviously it's multiple. So like Godzilla, and then I'll watch like a review for it, and the guy's like, "Oh, the visual effects are amazing." And the, st- the story leaves a lot to desire, but when you get to see Godzilla punching things on screen, it becomes worth it. So you're not going to explore this movie in in any, any way, shape, or form. You're just going to talk about what you saw on screen. You're, what you're saying is you went into a movie, sat down for two hours, and no part of it left any meaningful impact on you. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 infuriating. I and think one ever- good example to like to bring up. So when I was in high school, um, right. during my English class, this might sound silly, but we watched an episode of The Simpsons, and not like once, we watched it multiple times, and it was just a discussion of even something as basic as The Simpsons, which isn't actually that basic when you get into it, yeah. just the, the depth in just one single episode, if you watch it over and over, and figure out how many 
like details and messages are actually put in there. Yeah, and you could do with anything. And one of my favorite yeah. things to do with piece of media, like as evidenced by the existence of the channel, is just tear down specific scenes and like, what does this mean? Like, what are these characters' motivations? Yeah, like, yeah, what are the what do minor details hint at? And it's just it's odd. It's, no, it's, it is very odd. And I'll say like, you can do it with something as silly as a twenty-minute episode of The Simpsons, and when people think like, oh. The, these like massive sprawling franchises or these huge book fr- uh, series and like massive 30 hour long video games are all not going to contain deeper messages and stuff it's, really, it's not really even weird. that it's, it's the one that gets me is the idea that people get angry they get angry at their media containing messages yeah, yeah. they don't agree with but the idea that they get angry to the point of screaming into the void of the internet <laughs> that the creator would dare, dare have a vision for their media. So how I can't fathom a worldview as depressing as that, where you get angry at the idea of the creative person expressing themselves creatively via the <laughs> media they produce. How dare because they? Because either you don't understand it or it doesn't agree entirely with your own worldview. Yeah. It's amazing. But I have just noticed something, Luke, while I was clicking about absentmindedly across the internet. I've noticed that I have been asked to do another YouTube survey. Oh, God. This time for the Fact Fiend one. So okay. People listening to this, like they might have, they might be listening to it as a direct result of that previous survey we did. Yeah, from, yeah. Which I got offered on my channel. But now I'm signing to the Fact Fiend channel, just checking like analytics, like. Absolutely, in the background. I've noticed that I've been asked to take a survey by YouTube. So, should we go through this survey <laughs> again? But are we doing assuming, it again? I'm assuming it'll be a different one. I mean, are we going to do it even if it's the same one? God. If it's the same one, we can like we can hold off. But okay, I am quite curious because I clicked it while you were talking, and it's asked me a different first question. All oh, right, okay. So I'm curious now about I have, they send me multiple versions of it, like multiple surveys. And throughout the year, and they're always about different things. Like the oh, one we did right, last okay, time cool. was about um, like YouTube and copyright, which was yeah, fun. yeah. That was a fun one, wasn't it? <laughs> and this one might be about something different. So, would you be would you be willing to go through humor me one more time? I mean, and to close off, I to am go more through... than willing to do this, Carl. As okay. soon as we come back from this break. Okay. So we're back, and I've gone to my. I didn't even ask what you were drinking today. I was oh, having yeah, yeah. a bit of um, my smoothie well, from. So as I mentioned, um, my girlfriend's birthday was yesterday, so I had a little bit of a drink. But uh, started off the podcast with a little uh, Caribbean coffee. Caribbean, sure. that sounds amazing. Which, if you don't know, is spice rum in oh. coffee. All oh, right, fair enough. Which you start. You could you have know. told me you were drinking, and I could have drank today. I mean, I, had, I was about to ask whether you were drinking or not. Actually, no, to be fair, after this, I've got to go record three videos. So it's probably best if you're drunk. Yeah, and I've got to edit a video. I've got to edit um, a video as well. So <laughs> maybe not, eh? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I'm just having I'm having fizzy water that has no sugar, salt, or anything else in it. <laughs> so uh, just to point out during the break, I did go and clear my voice, so I do apologise. My my throat betrayed me a little bit. You were talking like her from Monsters, Inc. Mike <laughs> Wazowski. I was just like, oh, God, yeah. no, what Just happened? dying. So what I've got in front of me now 
is I've had to move over my desk. I only have to replace the battery in this keyboard. So I'm now sat basically above my tower, but my feet are tucked in underneath my desk elsewhere. <laughs> I, I, I'm doing the Karma Sutra with my um, desktop right now, but don't worry oh about God. that. So I've now got the survey that YouTube have sent me mm-hmm. asking me to fill in. And I'm assuming it's going to be different from the one I did the other day. It, the first question is, what is your YouTube channel name? So I'm going to put in Fact Fiend with Cal Smallwood. Which I, um, I remember when we changed the name. It used to just be called Fact Fiend. Mm-hmm. And when I changed it to Fact Fiend with Carl Smallwood, Brad got so mad. Really? Like he, yeah, he got so annoyed because um, it got to the point where the channel was taking off like 30,000, 40,000 subs. Yeah, yeah. And people were checking in, tuning in to watch it. And they were, a lot of the comments seemed to assume that I was a host. Like oh, Alex right, okay. Whistler. So it was like... And, a, a, a publication and you were just one of the hosts or something. Yeah, like Fact Fiend was just like, watch Mojo or Today I Found Out. Or oh, right, tennis. okay, yeah. One, and I was just the guy who hosted it and I was getting a bit annoyed with the fact, no, I write the articles, I come up with the idea for the videos, I star in them. So I said, let's yeah, change but... it. Because before it was quite impersonal, it was like the Fact Fiend logo mm-hmm. uh, as the header. And so like, no, let's take a photo of me and make me the background. So people oh, right, know okay, yeah. that it's a channel that stars well, a person like let's put a human face on the channel so it looks less in yeah, person yeah, and it'll help us like you know connect with an audience if i was like no you can't do that if people look and they see that the the sub banners changed and the names changed they'll be confused and won't click what and we argued about that for about i think like a day until i said look change it because i'm in fucking charge so i mean I like, yeah it's no. your channel at the end of the day but he, he was so adamant that if we changed the name to something different, we would lose all of our subs. But the difference because is you haven't. No, um, no more. Fair enough if you went from Fact Fiend to Carl Smallwood Facts, people might get a bit confused, but it's yeah. still Fact Fiend. With Carl Smallwood, yeah. With Carl and that was, that was the, um, what's the word now? Compromise that we made. But anyway, so they've asked me that Fact Fiend with Carl Smallwood. Do you currently have any of the following paid membership services set up for your YouTube channel or otherwise? YouTube memberships, no. Patreon, we did, but we shut it down because YouTube started paying us enough. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm what they call a nice guy. No, that's the thing is, I'm all for like people having Patreon, but I think as soon as you're at a point where you don't need it, then you should yeah. probably find avenues elsewhere rather than getting it from your fans. Yeah, Philip DeFranco is an example that jumps to mind. Several million subscribers on YouTube, and he has like a Patreon, he gets like 20 grand a month. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, does he really need £20,000 a month just for himself? And it's like I mean, the same a lot of those... Like, I don't enough. begrudge him for taking it, but I'd argue that on a moral level, maybe you shouldn't, because if YouTube itself, the giant, monolithic, multi-billion dollar company, is paying you a living wage, in, I, and then some, yeah, maybe yeah. you shouldn't take £20,000 from people who you don't know the circumstances of. Yeah, I think the only time, like... I would, I guess, agree with it is when it's like, oh, give us like $5 a month and we'll send you out all this cool stuff that's like exclusive to our channel. Like, Oh, oh send us $5 and we'll record a podcast for you. <laughs> so I sound like such a, this is one of the reasons I was so hesitant to do this because I thought it makes me sound like such a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. When I criticise people, you have a, a, a podcast lot behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I do, to be fair, but at the same time, that's the reason we never mention it in videos. Because oh, I right, hate okay. the idea of, men- if I mention the Brew podcast in every video, yeah, people yeah. get annoyed that it's behind a paywall. 
So I said on the the only re- the only proviso I do it under is if I don't have to mention it. Mm-hmm. It's only for people who want to seek it out and support not only me but actually the platform of Brew because they have like a no the zero tolerance policy towards any sort of um, uncouth behaviour or like stuff that's offensive. Oh right, yeah, yeah, of course. Because I can't name any names, but there was going to be a person on Brew. Who and I said I will not be on this platform if they're on it because they're an asshole and they've said some really horrible, objectionable things in the past. Oh, and right, Brew okay. immediately kicked them off the platform and told them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, and, you know and what? Respect I, to that. Like, yeah, I appreciate honestly that. appreciate that. Yeah. Which is the thing of like Patreon is such an issue for me because when me and Brad first got it, we got sent uh, a guy subscribed at a hundred dollar tier. Oh God. Immediately, bear in mind, we, our thing on Patreon was you will get fuck all. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you will get nothing for your subscription. There is no obligation to send you any content. This is purely to support the channel. Yeah, if yeah. you really want to, please don't feel obligated to send us anything. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep making videos. Nothing about the content will change. Yeah, yeah. And a guy subscribed for a hundred dollars a month, and I refunded it immediately. Oh, okay. And like again, Brad was like a bit hesitant to do that because at the time he was working at fucking Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. And that $100 a month like would have really helped. And I told him, look, mate, if you start, to, if you take this much money out, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Once you start taking this, you'll justify to yourself taking money off other people as well. Yeah, And we yeah. got in contact with a guy and saying, I've got a really good job and I watch your videos. They're really entertaining. I don't mind helping you guys out. It's mm-hmm. like, even then, even if, I don't care if you're a millionaire. Yeah, um, yeah, our content is not worth this. Don't send us it, and we refunded in the money. Oh, fair enough. And, and the I thing donated is, like... all my Patreon money to um, I think old friend Senior Dog Sanctuary. Oh, which is just like a dog because I I couldn't in my my I morally I couldn't take the money, but Brad needed it. Yeah, because yeah. He, he had I was he'd worked for that point for six months for free, and oh, I felt right. so bad cool. that he wasn't getting anything for it. I couldn't afford to pay him out of pocket, so we did that. That was like kind of compromise. And as soon mm. as it made money, we quit. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, I've got a a Patreon page that I haven't, like, promoted or anything on my channel because I want to wait until I've got a bit of, like, more content on there. But that that will eventually, I'm hoping, just become a platform to help, like, put more time into my YouTube than having to work a full-time job on the side. Yeah, that's why I don't begrudge people who do that. I think when I, because I shit on it a lot and I got a message from a dude who says, like, uh, my videos get demonetized immediately. Mm-hmm. And Patreon is basically the only thing that support me. I want to just be honest with your audience and tell them that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what, that's what I did. And the moment that YouTube started paying enough to justify or to, to like pay myself and Brad a living wage, mm-hmm. I couldn't justify to myself continuing to take money from fans. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I, because, you, I totally respect that because you could be earning way more money than you do through, like, Patreon and sponsors and stuff. Yeah, like five grand a month. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. There we go. Oh, wait. Are you ready? It's different, this one, so let's go. You can answer these questions as well. Oh, yeah. How important to you is the following potential benefit for a paid membership service? Making more money. <laughs> well, I don't do the ones that it says. It says Twitch subscriptions, which I do have. Yeah. And I did click, but I don't care about subscriptions on Twitch. Mm-hmm. It's more about just giving the people who bitch and moan at me that they can't, I'm unapproachable. Here is your chance. I'm literally <laughs> on camera for yeah, an yeah. hour and a half answering your questions. And they always ask the same five fucking questions. And that's the thing is, like, as we've spoken on and off air, that is, you 
like actually making an attempt to talk to and communicate in a better way that like with your fan base and stuff rather than just people annoying you on Twitter. But it doesn't really add much to the conversation if it is just the same five questions. It is, it is invariably. Oh, it's people just saying, what do you think of Halo? It's like, it's, not, it's all right. Yeah. And I think, yes, I was actually streaming yesterday, in fact, for a while. Um, just because I was in the office and I had like, oh, fuck it, I'm already sat in front of my computer, I'll just turn Twitch on. Oh, I'll okay. Stream yeah. for a, I'll stream for a couple hours while I have my um, energy drink just to answer questions. Yeah, yeah. And people kept coming in and asking, like, oh, have you watched the Death Stranding trailer? No. <laughs> and some guys are like, well, you're only answering one word answers. So like, if you can ask a question that can be answered in one word, that's a shit question. Yeah, you need ask to be uh, finding question. some different questions if you want a better response. <sighs> but anyway, how important to you is the following potential benefit for pay membership service? Making more money, not at all important. I don't care. YouTube should be paying me more. I hate when they do this. When YouTube tries to shift the burden of paying me on yeah, when other people, like Twitch. When you're bringing people, quite a lot of people, to their website and basically paying like their fucking website for your views and everything, they should be returning a fair fucking wage to you rather than telling you, so oh, go to I've, Patreon. I've put not at all important. What are the main things influencing the rating you gave above? Optional. I'm not fucking putting this as optional. Um, YouTube is a billion dollar company. You should be paying me. Now, the onus to pay me a fair and livable wage should be on you, not my fans. <laughs> How about that? Fuck you, YouTube. I, I just hate that argument of like, oh, but you know, you can get money from your fans, and it's like, or. Oh, you guys can pay me because you have all the fucking money in yeah. the world. Yeah, oh, again, I think this is all about, like, oh, subscribe to Twitch. Because, look, how important to you is the following potential benefit for a paid membership? Make my income more stable month over month. Not at all important. <laughs> what, is the, what is the main thing influencing the racing you gave above? How about... You stop fucking demonetizing my videos and pay me for the the millions of views I get for your platform. A question mark. <laughs> so this is what annoys me. We talked about it the last time we did one of these surveys where it's constantly trying to pass the book to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. It's always YouTube is always trying to push people towards like external avenues of making ways to make money, yeah. This is a billion dollar fucking company. Like, this like, is one of the richest fucking companies in the entire world. And it's constantly nickel and diming the people who are on it and then trying to push them. Like, it's pushing me towards Twitch, a service it does not own. <laughs> that it's trying to push me to another service because it doesn't want to pay me money. Even though I bring it millions of people, like millions of eyeballs, it can serve ads to every month. Yeah, and that's the thing. Not only that, but it's one of those things of, oh, but you might not make a steady income because we could demonetize your videos. It's like, we'll have better fucking practices then. Yeah, that's the, the, the solution. The solution isn't, like, place the onus on my fans to support the channel and stop it dying. It should be on you. Because yeah. I am bringing a steady, reliable number of people to my videos day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. 
and to all those people you serve ads which you charge those companies money for yep i should i am entitled to a part to a percentage of that money that's the thing what is, a percentage is you can argue platform, imagine making content and them saying oh well you'll get a cut from every episode you make when we decide you get a cut exactly yeah so if I this was a TV show and I was on TV, I would be paid, right. How much of the percentage I deserve is arguable, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think anyone out there would say I don't deserve anything. YouTube, on the other hand, seems to think that. Yeah, YouTube think thinks that sometimes you deserve zero percent of the cut. But the person whose video I like, the giant multinational company I use five seconds of their content, they deserve fifty percent of my money from a video. Yep, of course, obviously. So now we've got a different one. How important to you is the following potential benefit of a paid membership service? Interact with my most engaged fans. Well, I'm going to put slightly important. So there are options here. I didn't list them out. So not at all important, slightly important, moderately important, very important, and extremely important. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say slightly important because I mentioned earlier, like, I do Twitch just as a way for the people who want to talk to me. They have an opportunity for me to do that. Yeah, exactly. They have an actual chance to have a conversation with you but in a live setting as well because yeah, yeah exactly so you twitter can, rather than just a lot like of... dming you on twitter or whatever but the thing is like, on twitter there is the obli- like, i've had it happen multiple times and brad has had it happen now and he started to understand that um initially we did respond to every piece of fan mail every comment and all that sort of thing but you just got too much yeah, yeah and the problem is that there is no way to like just definitively end a conversation online you can't do it because we've had so many times people said like nice uh, well-meaning nice messages we said like thank you very much we appreciate it but once that dialogue has been opened it's very difficult to end it yeah it's very difficult to then be like i appreciate your message but this is not a conversation that's very rude it is isn't it but there's, uh, there's multiple people that both me and brad have like responded to that have messaged us for weeks, if not months, after the fact. Every time any thought jumps into their head, oh, they've right, got a yeah, response okay. the first time, and now they expect one the second time. Yeah, and that's something we're obviously very keenly aware of, and we want to avoid because it's just we haven't got the time. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. So I have, and as well, you seem like I seem like, I sound like a dick now saying it that I don't have time to talk to people who took the time to message me. But if this was on the street, like I say, when you're walking down the street. And those people stop you asking if you want to talk about like you um, donate some money to a charity or whatever, or put some. I probably use a better example to not sound like an asshole, but everyone <laughs> hates those guys. Yeah. Like, when you're walking out, your time's been interrupted for a conversation you don't want to have. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I think Twitch works for that because once I turn it off, it's very there's, a, there's that definitive line being drawn of I'm not on it anymore. And as well, you're not dismissing a specific fan. It's no, it's just I'm not online anymore. Yeah, it exactly. It's not. I was online. But that's what I mean is like, it's not like with Twitter where you have to message that person and say, I don't want to have this conversation. It's just a yeah. blank, I am not online. It's it's like I went to a route, I went to a nightclub and they said Carl will be there and he, did, he went and he left after half hour. So that's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I see it like that way. It's because he's walking into an empty room and I'm not there as opposed to. Like posting a letter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like one to me just feels a bit better, mm-hmm. and it, it, as well because it's live, it means that I can, um, I guess, um, pass through the information in real time. Yeah, of so course. I, yeah, I very thankfully have um, some people who've very kindly 
um, volunteered to mod for me on some things, mm-hmm. which I was um, initially vehemently against. I don't like the idea of mods because the idea is that people working and not being paid. Yeah, of course. Until yeah. one of them explained to me that it's the easiest job in the world because I watch your content anyway. Oh, right, yeah. All you've done is you just empowered me to get rid of arseholes in conversations. And as well, that's probably the funniest thing in the world. So um, I think yesterday when I was streaming, uh, one of my mods is basically like every time someone came in and just said something like homophobic or offensive, they got to ban them. Oh, okay, yeah. And they said, and they said that is actually one of the, the funniest things in the world because they put the person then gets so angry, they message them and they get to see the impotent rage of a person who was banned for being <laughs> racist. And it's like, you know what? That's probably a pretty good. That's probably a good quid pro quo there. Yeah, fair enough. That they enjoy my content and now they're empowered to just basically make the content better for everyone else and like annoy assholes. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that I think a lot of people enjoy doing. Oh god, yeah. And I think that like, as you will see with a lot of, I'd say like, YouTube channels and content creators and whatever you want to call them a lot of them will set themselves up as like companies and that company will have a community manager. Whereas you guys yes. don't have that. No, we don't. Like you do not hire someone to specifically just talk to the community. No, we don't have um, anyone who goes to our social medias. Yeah. Or yeah. Anything like that. Like, I think I mentioned on a podcast before, I forgot the login info for the official fact feed Twitter and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, that's, I that's don't care. What a lot of people would do is like have an official fact feed one. And then it's just like, oh, this community manager just answers back to everyone. No, it's no, it's um, I'm, and it's just me. And there's no, there's no filter. It's the person you see in videos bar the voice because I have to put on a slightly um, clearer tone of voice. Yeah, and of even in this yeah. podcast because I'm very aware of the fact that my dulcet tones um, are the are the greatest things here. Here, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't. The last talk thing is my... like, um, if anyone has watched my video like videos in general uh they'll notice that if i'm like making an edited script i will speak differently to how i am now yeah you can't hear that that scouse don't slip out does it? <laughs> not like, half as much no not so, definitely not as pronounced even then you heard it with my, my yorkshire accent that slipping out half i went half as much instead of half it was half <laughs> That northern twang, you got to love it. Anyway, so we can move on. So how satisfied are you with Twitch subscriptions um, on delivering the benefit of interacting with my most engaged fans? And this goes from completely dissatisfied to completely satisfied and everything in between. So I'm going to go for mostly satisfied. Yeah, fair enough. And, and I'm going to put forward my reason for doing this, um, a fairly robust um, moderation system. Mm-hmm system that uh, allows me to ban and not interact with racists. <laughs> Maybe YouTube should um, implement something similar. Just a thought. There we go. Because I'm pretty sure this is probably a survey of YouTube going, well, we have our YouTube live or whatever it is. Um, but nobody uses it half as much as Twitch. What are we doing wrong? No, because um, have you seen the stuff you can do in that? I've not. I've not used oh, it, any oh, it's, like it's Twitch or YouTube. It, oh, it's, or it's, it's horrendous. Like you, like, imagine giving YouTube commenters the ability to interact with you in real time. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all I've got to say. And you were immediately like, "Fuck that idea. That's terrible." <laughs> So here we go. Well, how important to you is the following potential benefit for a paid membership service? Allow my most engaged fans to interact with each other. I guess it's 
again, slightly important. I don't care, but I appreciate that people who give a fuck can talk to each other and they have automatically a shared interest in the content that I've created. Yeah, yeah, of course. I will put that it's kind of annoying when I'm streaming and three people are having a conversation privately <laughs> in the public. It's like, just DM each other. Yeah, so like people simple. having a private conversation up. but in the middle of your chat. Yeah, it's like trying to talk to someone over a bar and there are three people in your way. <laughs> having a conversation, it's like, can you not take this to a table? Can we just separate this? Like, Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Like, that gets in the book. I appreciate that they can do that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it's like, at least like taking this from somebody who's never been involved in your streams or anything, at least that's like people in your community like talking to each other. Yeah, and it allows them to. I think I've got like a subreddit as well where people can go do that. Yeah, exactly. And for the most part, it's um, people seem okay with it. And I'm, you know, what? I'm mostly satisfied with that. I have no real comments. Like, I don't do it. Here we go. How important to you is the following potential benefit of a paid membership service? Publicly recognise my paying members with zero effort from me. Oh, oh, that's so bad. What? It says, how important to is the following potential benefit of a paid membership service, like YouTube Premium and that shit, because it allows me to publicly recognise my paying members with zero effort from oh, me. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, that's so bad way, that's such a bad way to word yeah, it. Yeah, like, oh, it, well, you know, I don't really I give love, a shit about the fact. Yeah, I love Twitch because it allows me to put on the facade of giving a fuck about my fans. But it doesn't involve any they, effort, so it's fine. That is awful. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. That's such an awful question to ask. But, you know what? That screams to me that the people at YouTube making this stuff, that's how they they view it. Yeah, they don't care. Well, the thing is, majority of people don't. No, no, I've said it. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I've said it before multiple times that I am not your friend. Yeah. I am a a guy who makes videos on the internet. If you like my content, I'm very appreciative of that fact. That is the extent of the relationship we have. Yeah, of course. I, yeah. I make the thing, you like the thing. If you do not like the thing, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, the idea that like, I still care, though, about people liking my content. Like, if people give me money, I'm appreciative of that fact. Like, it doesn't mean we're best mates, but it does mean that I care that you have gone to that effort of showing that level of support. Well, there's a very big difference between, like, oh, I appreciate the fact that I have a fan base and, like, you know me and you being friends. That is a completely different dynamic, but you can still be appreciative of both. But the idea that YouTube in this official survey would openly say, one of the benefits that you might like is that it requires zero effort. (laughs) Basically, I'd like to keep in mind while I'm asking this question, that one of the things that it asked me, one of the things I could be answering this question about is Patreon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the things on this list, how many, I would like to... I wouldn't want to even think about the number of YouTubers who've answered this quiz or this survey who have Patreons who have put that it's extremely important that Patreon allows them to get, like have put on the veneer of giving yeah, a fuck basically taking get money, money from, from fans without ever having to make an effort. That is a fuck... I'm going to put that. This is an awful question. You should feel ashamed. <laughs> oh, that's Shame. so bad. You should feel ashamed for asking it. That is fucking horrendous. And that is how they see it. Oh. And that's how people think. Yeah. How satisfied are you with Twitch subscriptions is delivering the benefit of... I'm just going to put... I'm not even going to answer that. I'm neither dissatisfied or satisfied. I refuse to answer that. <laughs> that is awful. 
Oh fuck me! I I, I can't get over like how how nakedly transparent they are yeah, about yeah. the fact that as a like this is YouTube this is official YouTube correspondence and it's pushing me towards not caring about my audience. But it Carl, you'll act- make more money if you don't give a shit about your fans. Is I am actively being pressured by the platform itself to stop caring about my audience and view them only as a it's vehicle to make more money for myself. You to not care. It's encouraging me to only see my audience as a means to an end. And that is an awful way of seeing real human people. So how important to you is the potential benefit for a paid membership service, allowing my paying members to consume my full catalogue of content in one place, e.g. merch, exclusive videos, posts, public videos and streams. So I'm guessing this is more a Patreon thing? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because that's that's the thing you don't pay for, you put stuff behind a paywall. Yeah, so... so yeah, you can watch all like the extra stuff, and you can find the back catalogue and stuff if you pay. Yeah, at the moment, the only thing people can't watch is or this is this podcast, which I don't consider to be involved with Fact Fiend, really. No, this is more your podcast rather than a Fact Fiend podcast. Which it sounds like a weird distinction to make, but my way, of, at least to myself, to justify it is. All Fact Fiend content, if that's what you like, if you just like the funny videos we make, every single one is available on YouTube for free. And there are even raw cuts where you can see more content on my own channel. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Viewable for free. If you care enough to go sign up to Twitch or whatever, that's an extra step that the ordinary fan would not do. Yeah, yeah. Like buying merch and stuff like that. I'm putting like neither satisfied nor dissatisfied because Twitch isn't about that. No, of course no. Oh my God. You don't really have experience with that. Are you ready? I, I thought it was bad before. Oh, no. We're on, a, we're on a new level. Oh, no. How important to you is the following potential benefit for a paid membership service? Creating value for my paying members with zero effort from oh, me. Oh, no. Oh, just think about that for a moment. Think uh. about that. One of the things it asked me to do was Patreon. And that's basically asking, how important to you is being able to just take money from fans without actually giving them anything in return? That's what it's asking here. That is the question I'm being asked by YouTube. There's official you. I'm going to screenshot this one <laughs> because this is amazing. That's going on Twitter. Oh no, I pressed F5. Oh my god, print screen. There we Carl's go. Carl's just like close everything. That is amazing. Oh no, it's not. They're Carl, not even. Tr- it's fucking horrible. They are not. They are not even trying to hide it. Oh, Neither god. satisfied nor dissatisfied. Jesus fucking Christ. It's it's so obvious. Yeah, this is this is what YouTube is. This is what behind like YouTube culture is cancerous and toxic. This is what YouTube is like. That's known. This is like what internally the platform and the company thinks. Yeah, they and think when you've a, got a company that thinks this way and thinks this fucking toxically about the viewers, of course you're gonna then end up with an absolute shit show of like different. Fucking YouTubers well, thing and is, creating just well, thing awful is, platforms. Extrapolate from this, where they're like, asking me, a creator on their platform, um, like isn't isn't it isn't just taking money from people and not giving them anything in return, just the fucking best, isn't that? Yeah, great? basically that's all the same, isn't it? Fucking Translate amazing that, that it it makes n- no fucking difference to you, but you can earn extra money off your fans. Like, take a step back and then apply that to YouTube as a whole for their culture. Well, like for them, it must be great for them where they can just take demonetize people's videos, earn money for it, and not have to pay out. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Think about that. YouTube so earn all that extra money for making then, no effort whatsoever. Then for no effort whatsoever. 
Because obviously it's a big company who files a copyright claim. Yeah. And they don't have to do anything on the other end. That's awful. I am annoyed at that question. Mm, Let's continue. Surprised. Oh my god, are you ready? Oh no. It keeps going. It gets worse. Like this, this rabbit hole. Oh, it's, it's, it's not yeah. a rabbit. It wasn't a rabbit hole, Lucas. It was a cobra hole. This this hole is full of cobras. It was a fucking hell. How hole. important to you is the following potential benefit for a paid membership service? Again, like Patreon. Right, this is what I'm going to think. I put Twitch as my answer. Well, think about Everyone, it from the perspective think about of Patreon. This, yeah, the perspective of someone who has Patreon, where they get a thousand or more dollars a month for doing fuck all. Um, how important is this benefit to you? Finding, helping me find comments from paying members with low effort. Oh, no. So, how important to you is people giving you money to have their like comments show more prominently so you don't have to seek them out? Oh, fucking hell. Basically, how, how important is it to you that people pay to enter your peripheral? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I will admit, I am not the best person to get a hold of, the easiest person. <laughs> but at the very least, like, you don't have to pay me money to get a hold of me. Like, if you send me a DM on Twitter, chances are I probably won't read it. But at least I'm not hiding it behind a paywall. Wait, like, Carl, you, why if I'm on Twitter, me to message you then? <laughs> oh, if, God. If you, want to, if you want to send me a message, you can. I might not. Chances are I won't read it or respond for reasons mentioned But at least earlier. you don't yeah, I do read most messages, like all the ones that are nice and fans. I just don't respond because I, I can't open that kettle of fish. It's yeah, like, yeah. In my in my head, I just know. So I've been burned so many times before of uh, doing that. So if you do send me a nice message, know that it's probably read and it's appreciated. It's just you're probably not going to get a response. <laughs> but you can You do have the ability to do that. You can send me a message on Twitter. You can on, when I'm streaming on Twitch for free. You can write. You can write a message in the chat. All it takes is your time. You have that opportunity, but like, oh my god, the idea that they're trying to frame it as a positive. That isn't it great where people can pay you? Like we you get people have got to pay to get into your peripheral. Yeah. Fuck you. Neither dissatisfied nor satisfied. Twitch is like straight down the fucking middle of this one. Oh wait, here we go, here's a good one. <laughs> the wording on this one's amazing. Okay. So how important to you is the following benefit for a paid membership service? And this is actually how it's written, Lucas. Oh. I am not fucking kidding. Keep haters slash bullies out of my channel and community. Oh. It actually says haters. Oh, God. I am not. I am not kidding. <laughs> haters. Official YouTube correspondence. The word haters oh. is being used. Oh fucking hell! That's amazing. Oh. So I'd understand it oh. if it said negative people, or because you know that they originally that question said racists and bigots. <laughs> but they can't say that because then they have to acknowledge that they exist on the platform. Yeah. So they're calling them haters and bullies. That is phenomenal. I can't believe wow. that's an actual real question. So any thoughts? I mean, just <laughs> there's nothing stopping anybody that wants to hate on you to pay a couple of dollars a fucking month to then hate on you anyway. Well, no, that's, I think that's what he's asking, yeah. Because like, obviously with Patreon, if you only communicate exclusively via Patreon, like if you say, like, oh, there is a private forum, like you, or you get access, I think a lot of thing, a thing you, a lot of YouTubers do is like private Discord. Yeah, yeah. And if you pay on the certain tier, you can access the Discord. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, a lot of people who want to just call you a dick are not going to go to the effort of paying $5 for that privilege to then get immediately banned. No, I realise that I, most I, people won't, but there will still be some people that are that fucking dedicated. 
Yeah, I understand. So it does uh, on that level. It it does help keep the haters and the bullies making air quotes. But here, that's out of the charging the like good part of your community money and for the benefit of not having to deal with to the shit benefit that of they not get having on to you, deal with the shitheads. Yeah, that they get on YouTube, which YouTube is in, like is implicitly, I guess, suggesting exists on its platform. Oh god, yeah, Just, yeah. A, yeah. So I said I. I have a feeling this question was worded differently until they realised that they were accidentally acknowledging the fact that YouTube is like a toxic cancer. Because basically, the the implication with what they're saying is, oh, we know YouTube comments are it is a Horrible. shit place. Make your fans pay to go somewhere else so you can have a good right. conversation, rather than us actively moderating it and keeping that shit. Basically, we again passing the Pass the blame to, to someone else. else. Oh, yeah. did you know? So, YouTube is shit, but you can charge people to go somewhere else. So do you know what? It's extremely important to me because I'm sick of that shit, but I'm going to ask. Uh, maybe you should consider um, moderating YouTube comments and banning racists and bigots from your platform. Platform, so this step isn't necessary because that is like that's the that's the um, the takeaway here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like the, you. This is as close as I've seen YouTube get to acknowledging the fact the YouTube comment section is terrible. Yeah, and they are basically just saying, well, if you fucking shift the blame, then it's fine. And that's the thing. Yeah, it's, like, it's them. It's them acknowledging it, and also at the same time ignoring it. <laughs> and that's amazing. The fact it's, it's somehow doing, but it's somehow doing nothing. It's saying, but we badly. know that it's a problem, but we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, they are. They are somehow doing nothing badly, which I don't understand how you would do that. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Mo- how important to you is the following potential benefit for a paid membership service? Get input from my most engaged fans. Not at all important. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I like you must have you follow me on Twitter, don't you, Lucas? Yeah, yeah. You speak to, you speak to me in real life, occasionally. Uh, you know, you know what I'm about. Like um, I, for anyone who doesn't know, I don't accept requests. I don't do requests. I don't take suggestions. Yeah, yeah. The channel is 100 percent driven creatively by me. That I, in my as big head as it sounds, I credit some of the success of the channel to that fact. The fact that I am so bullish and pig-headed in my complete refusal to play the YouTube game, to do what YouTube tells me to do, and just to make the content that I like. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you making content that you want to make and that you think is good content is what got you here in the first place. Because, obviously, my my thinking of that is my passion and my my genuine enthusiasm for the facts I'm talking about will shine through. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I don't really take suggestions or do requests because then I'm not doing something I want to do. I'm doing what you want to do. And as, as and you say, like you will be able to actually see yourself not enjoy what you're talking about. Yeah, people can feign enthusiasm. Um, I you know a lot of my ex-girlfriends have shown me that. But you can always <laughs> tell. And if you can't tell, then you should probably like think a bit harder. But it's the thing of like I know in my head if I just read a script from somebody else, I wouldn't enjoy it. It wouldn't be fun. Yeah, and yeah, that would translate. It would even if it's not something that would be immediately noticeable. There would be something off about the content. So for that reason, I do not do requests or suggestions. Not to mention, 
I have been doing this for a very long fucking time. I've been writing online for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. If you have an idea for an article, chances are I have already done an article about it somewhere online. <laughs> or I'm aware of the fact and don't find it interesting enough because it's either been covered to death elsewhere yeah. or it's just not something I have an interest in. Mm-hmm. Which hasn't stopped people from constantly sending me suggestions and requests. It never will come. I think even though it says on my act, my Twitter banner just says fuck off with your memes and suggestions. And I still every day get sent shitty memes that I block people for, <laughs> to which they respond, why did you block me? I have a because banner telling you to not send me this shit. If you can't read one sentence, then I don't like, I don't want to interact with you. If you're so poor at reading the cues. And that's like, the thing is, not just on your banner, but you actually actively share why you block people and then people do it anyway and are surprised why yeah. they're blocked. Which is always amusing to me because it, it's um, it's the thing in people's head. It's the lizard part of their brain where they're like, I am the most important person in the world. So even though, even though every other person who's tried this has been told to fuck off and got blocked, obviously it doesn't mean me. If I do it, it'll I be am fine. The, and I, you'll find it funny. I am, I am the exception to this rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they do it and it doesn't work. <laughs> and then they message you, why did I get blocked? Exactly. So, <laughs> um, Oh, well, let's not go down that let's, rabbit hole. Let's move swiftly on. We've already, we've already pissed off enough people <laughs> who are, you know, our talk of politics in media. Oh, God. I should also say as well, Captain Marvel's a 7 out of 10. It's not bad, but it's not great. It was there we go. a let's, fine let's Marvel piss, movie. Let's, let's piss off everyone at once. <laughs> It's no Thor 2, that's for sure. Anyway, how important to you is the following potential benefit of a paid membership service? And this is actually one I'm quite interested in. Experiment with new content in a safe environment. Because that, to me, that's quite important. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily, because I'm going to put not at all important for a paid membership, but the idea of new content is something I am quite interested in. I was going to say, maybe not paid content, but the fact that you can safely go onto Twitch and try out something else and see how fans react. Yes, because obviously it's not the main fact fiend audience, so I'm not going to alienate the core audience I've built up. Yeah, yeah. So Twitch is quite useful for that in that regard because I can go on and say, oh, today me and Brad are just going to play a video game. Or I can go on like I did yesterday and say, I'm going to drink a can of Coke and just talk to people. Yeah, yeah. If I uploaded that to the main fact fiend channel, it would crater in terms of views, which would um, decimate the analytics for that week which would have a net negative effect on the channel's success as a whole I was going to say a, is... a lot of the time as well if you have a video like for anyone that doesn't understand why if you have a video that tanks it can affect like the in, analytics channel. of other videos obviously... and can influence YouTube in, to like promote you in different ways and stuff it's the um, it's like I think it's the it's the trampoline metaphor is the one I like using if you put a weight on a trampoline, mm. it also it sinks into the middle, doesn't it? And everything around it draws yeah, towards yeah. it. So think about it like that. Where if there is a crater of where like views, analytic views, interaction, every video around it also gets sucked into that. So it has a net negative effect on everything. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, if you get a video that does very well, every video you release after that and prior to it will get more views and more interaction. Yeah, exactly. Because they've been promoted more heavily. And that's why I think a lot of YouTubers they fall into the trap of just make either the content I've always made or make the content everyone else makes. Yeah, yeah. So that's why uh, we've been very hesitant to do any sort of new content. Like, Fact Fiend Focus is the only one we've really done that's new, which have done very well. But even then, there's still a, uh, a a core, dedicated group of the fans who are like, this isn't Fact Fiend. Oh, yeah, of course. 
there'll always be people that only want the one thing that you put out. Yeah. So fun fact for that. Um, after I think when this video when this gets released uh, on the Thursday, there's, there'll be no fact being focused today. Oh, okay. Because not because we're stopping doing it, it's because we ran out. <laughs> we re- we recorded like 15 in a row over the course of three weeks yeah yeah and now we've run out and because they're all drinking videos and Brad's on holiday and I'm on holiday oh, we don't right, have yeah. time to re- we don't have any we, don't, we literally do not have time to record anymore so we're quite curious to see we're going to use it as a blip to see how many people complain that it's not there oh okay that'll be quite useful but yeah that's the new, only piece of new content we've done and like I said I'm just, we're going to gaming content now even this podcast was a new thing that we didn't want to publicize too much on the channel yeah of course because if, if you're talking about this podcast every single video then and people, people can't watch it people are people can't get annoyed, some people yeah, yeah. either because they don't they're not interested in that content or they don't want to pay the five dollars or for whatever reason yeah that'll yeah. alienate people which will result in the video having less views mm-hmm. which will and again i can see why people fall into the trap of just making the same content constantly oh yeah because yeah. being experimental on youtube doesn't really pay off that much and it's weird to see them acknowledging this, that they refer to as chan- uh, platforms that aren't their own as a safe environment. Yeah, yeah. Which suggests that YouTube is not a safe environment. Well, lots of thing is, like... like... Think about that for a moment. They're saying, oh, Twitch and Patreon are safe environments where you can experiment with new content in a place where it won't negatively impact you. But what they're saying but in... Is that if you do that... If you do that on YouTube, then it's not a safe environment to try something new. Yeah, this... Survey is very weird in the fact it's openly acknowledging faults of YouTube while not offering a way to correct them. Other than telling that's, you to go somewhere else. Yeah, that's very weird. Like, I'm being told constantly to go do my content somewhere else. That's very odd. Right, so, how important to you is the following potential benefit of a paid membership service? Providing me guidance on how to get new paying members and retain existing paying members. Uh, so, that's not all important to me, and I'm putting neither dissatisfied or satisfied with um, Twitch's role in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Because Twitch doesn't really give you any advice on how to maintain or get subs. Yeah, yeah. Other than just make consistent content. Just keep that, making stuff and hope it works. Yeah, keep making content and just listen to what the people who do subs say they like. Yeah. But as I mentioned, I don't listen to people. <laughs> I make what I want. So that doesn't really help me. But yeah, it's it's weird to think, isn't it? Like, um, cause once you get to the point where you rely on subs and or patrons for your money, that becomes your number one concern. And that's what I was always worried about if I with Patreon. That's why one, one of the reasons we shut it down. Right, yeah, yeah. Is like the moral aspects of it was once this once a small part of our audience controls what we do, because obviously not everyone's going to subscribe to it, mm-hmm. but they will control the majority of our earnings at that point. So 10% of the audience now controls the entire direction of the channel. Yeah, yeah, of course. For the other 90%, and I don't like that. But at the same time, they're the people who've got to placate. Yeah. And I never like that idea. I don't like being beholden to anyone, let alone people who think they have power over me because they gave me money. Mm-hmm. That's like a very, and that's uh, again, slippery slide I didn't want to go down. So neither dissatisfied nor satisfied. Um, oh, here's one. How important to you is the following potential benefit? Allowing me to directly communicate with individual paying members. So I think we've covered that. Anyone out there can send me a message at any time. Yep, exactly. Whether or not you'll get a response is entirely up there, but I don't lock it behind a paywall because that is horrendous. That's like um, one step removed from charging for autographs. <laughs> or charging for meeting like, greets. Yeah, I get why people like celebrities do that. It's like you, you got to earn a living. And like 
but it's just always to me seemed very distasteful. But you know what, Carl? It's a way for them to make a living with zero effort involved. Zip. It is, yeah. Yay. But they get paid to turn up and charge you 50 quid for an autograph. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. It's not something I've ever really agreed with all that no, much. No, no. It, it, to me, it always rubbed me the wrong way because it's just saying, like, my, I, everyone's time's worth something. But the idea of like, oh, I'm, I'm a really big fan. Can I get an autograph? Yeah, $20. Or can I take a selfie with you or something like that? And most of the time it's like, if you bless your people saying like, yeah, give me a tenner. It's like, oh, yeah. no, don't do that. Oh, yeah, of course oh, you can you... take a selfie with me. If you subscribe to me on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, give me a tenner. Are you, are you a patron? Let me have a look at that phone. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at those payment details. <laughs> no, no Patreon, no selfie. But at the same time, I also understand it from the point of view where, because I don't, this is for YouTubers, but I've got, uh, I know a few people, and they do like um, modeling work and cosplay work. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And, yeah. and for them, that I, makes perfect sense. That, that thing of direct communication is what earns them the bulk of their money. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I know someone who does like uh, cam girling, mm-hmm. and she says, I make the bulk of my money from people who just say, I'll pay you $500 for an hour streaming session where you just play like Halo with me for an hour and talk to me. Okay. And I, and that I'm not mad at that no. because if you're like enough of a baller to make your own custom pornography, go for it. If you want to go out, there, if you want to pay a fit girl to play Halo with you for an hour, and that's how you get your rocks off, fucking well played, mate. Yeah, yeah, well played. So like, I think, but YouTube hates lewd content, so we can't really um, agree with that. So the one here is providing analytics about my paid memberships. That I don't care about that. So again, not all important, but. To my knowledge, Twitch provides extremely detailed breakdowns of everything that people have done. It tells you, like, every time I do a stream, I get a little email telling me, here are your stats for today. Oh, okay, that's cool. Here's how many people watched, here's what the average over time, here's how much money um, was earned in bits and shit like that, which I don't really follow, but... I mean, yeah, yeah, but, like, just the general having that information is really useful, and as well, if you're going to put time and effort into going on Twitch, then you can use that information to like make better streams and see like narrow down what people are enjoying. Yeah. Well, here's a good one though. Um, I think this might be like close to the end because it says here, the purpose of this question is to assess your attention to wording. For this question, please select moderately satisfied. Because I'm assuming, because I've just put, I am not interested in your shit YouTube, go and fuck yourself for every question. <laughs> They're like, is he just clicking dissatisfied with everything to uh, annoy us? It's like basically like, skewer on I'm putting moderately satisfied. <laughs> oh, God. I've got more now. Um, how important to you, because I thought we were at the end, but no, it's asking me more. How important to you is the potential benefit here? Providing me with easy management of my paid memberships perks. I don't care. I don't have them. <laughs> uh, I, I have no opinion on access. Like, again, we don't do that shit. Yeah. Uh, how important to you is the following benefit? Making it easier to deliver my perks to paying members. Not at all important. There are no perks for subscribing to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, even you subscribe to this, all you're getting is you're getting this podcast, which I hope people are enjoying. This is fun. I like doing I mean, this. I hope so. I, think I hope should, people are enjoying I think this. We should, like, we should go on like Survey Monkey or something and just like answer people's surveys they do with the university. <laughs> We should go on and just do that. Oh man, that'd be a good. Then again, that'd be a good fun time. That'd be a good. You know what? Uh, if people are listening to this. Like, if you've got a survey for a university or some shit, like, let me know. We'll go through it on a podcast one day. So, how much of the following is a? Uh, how much of? How important to you is the following potential benefit for paid membership service? Man, maybe I didn't get that reading comprehension question right. 
It allowed me the flexibility to offer the perks I want. So I, I don't offer perks <laughs> to people. Fuck off. Stop trying to get me to do this. <laughs> oh, oh, this is a good one. Mate, this is good. Are you ready? Go on. How important to you is the following potential benefit for paid membership services? Protecting my exclusive, it uses the word exclusive, paying members from only, members up from paying members only content from non-paying members. Oh. How important to you is it that those disgusting fucking plebs don't get their hand on your blog post on Patreon about how much you like the people who subscribe? Oh, man, oh that's, that's awful. fucking horrible. So how like those disgusting dirty plebs better not get their hands on my exclusive behind the scenes oh. footage? How do they oh, not make understand it... that these are horrible ways of words it? Because it's a horrible company and I'm annoyed <laughs> that my my income is tied to it. I'm just gonna put give the main things for influencing your rating above. Fuck you, YouTube. <laughs> like fuck off. Oh that's Oh, like, fuck you. I hate I hate all those dirty fucking people the, that don't give me money. It's the word the wording, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Um, how important to you is the following potential benefit? Promoting my paid memberships offering to prospective paid members. Not at all important. So that's the idea of like how much does like Twitch advertise? Like the exclusive shit you'll get for subscribing to Carl on yeah, Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we're at the end now. Do you use any other paid membership services? No. Any final thoughts? Anything to say, Lucas, after hearing this horrible, disgusting mess of a survey. Your fans are not track. just fucking money bags with no emotions. Yeah, yeah my... F- uh, uh, contrary to what you've tried uh, 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 tried to suggest oh God, in this survey, my fans are not a vehicle for me to earn money and I respect their time and all and I respect their time oh god yeah oh god it's it's I can't how dare you how dare you not see them as like just fucking whales to pick money from yeah I said there's probably a better way to word yeah so contrary to what you've tried to suggest in this survey I um Fans of my content. I don't see fans of my content as a wait as a means to earn money. That way of thinking is harmful, reductive, and disrespectful. Well, to the autonomy. The autonomy and dignity of my audience. Go and fuck yourself. <laughs> you got to do it. I, I am so pissed off. Like every other question in that survey was like needling me and trying to push me towards just see your audience as a as a means to earn money. Yeah, and just see them as like people you, as it says, have to make no effort for. Yeah, right. Half the questions in that were. Isn't it great just taking money from fans and not giving them anything in return? It's like, no, that's awful. I'd feel bad doing yeah. that. And you should feel bad for doing that. If you honestly consider yourself to be a creator and you see yourself, that's how you describe yourself and envision what you like, accomplish and bring to the world, the idea of being given money for doing fucking nothing should make you feel awful. Yeah, yeah. 
It's something you should be ashamed. Like, I felt genuinely ashamed when I had, to, I had to resort to taking money on Patreon. I felt so well, bad. That's, that's why I As donated. I said, like, um, earlier, for example, you know, I'm working full time. Technically, if I had a Patreon, at the moment, that would be, oh, well, I'm getting money from Patreon so I can put more time and effort into YouTube. If it is, I do YouTube full time and Patreon is just something that is extra to my like lifestyle and I don't need an it, extra way but I'll can... still just keep it there because it requires no extra effort. That's when it yeah. becomes fucking horrible. Yeah, I, I felt, that's why I donated the money. I felt so bad. I actually, it's one of the few times I've sat down and actually contemplated what I was doing in my fucking life. Yeah. Because I was there, I was still writing at the time. I wasn't earning great money. I was earning okay. I was doing enough to, to live. And I had to make the decision to like swallow my pride and eat that fucking humble pie. Yeah, yeah. When I made the Patreon so Brad could like earn some money because like the I felt worse that he wasn't getting anything from the work and effort he was putting in than I did taking money. It's like yeah, that's the thing, and I appreciate where you're coming from as well. But like at the end of the day, it's not nice for somebody like in Brad's position to be making yeah. content with you and like. Putting time and effort in into it for no money. Because YouTube actively tries to like roadblock you everywhere. But I I sat down and almost had like a fucking emotional breakdown yeah, yeah. over this concept. And then there are people out there like, subscribe to me on Patreon. We get like 20 fucking grand a month in addition to tens, if not hundreds of thousands a year from sponsorships and YouTube themselves. And they've got no shit. Yeah, exactly. And they and they should not be the face of what the platform is. Because they, they, for me, that's why I don't like saying I'm a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Because that's the image people get in their head. It's that guy. It's the person who has no respect. Yeah, it's the person the, who the has crap. like two sponsors and eight plugs at the end of the videos, and they already earn enough money just from the videos. And they have no like respect for their audience's autonomy. Or, no, um, just position as people. It's like they see them as numbers on a screen that earn the money, mm-hmm. and the only thing they care about is making the number bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's not great, but thank you everybody for joining us on our journey through uh, the <laughs> seedy underbelly of YouTube, as well as whatever the fuck else we thought. We should have just made it a dogcast. I mean, I'm, I'm totally just kept down it as a dog for cast, at some point just doing a dogcast one day. Like the dogcast would have been so much less depressing because I've now got to go eat my lunch and then record videos. <laughs> it's going to be tough to be peppy today, folks, but... Before we sign off, anything you'd like to say as a final thoughts, Lucas, or anything to plug? Um, as always, just my uh, my YouTube channel. Um, by the time that this podcast goes up, I will hopefully have some like videos or discussion videos or whatever um, surrounding E3 and all like the press okay. conferences announcements made. So I'm not quite sure what that content will look like, but by the time you're hearing this, it should all be there. Uh, my YouTube. We're doing something for that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So me and Carl should we'll be something out. Um, sorting something out. We haven't got concrete plans yet because we're very organised. But yeah, I'm at home, dog sitting. So I'm gonna have to figure out if I can like take. Maybe we can like Skype. Is that no? No one uses Skype, do they? Can you video call on this? Uh, well, I think so. We'll figure something out though. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm saying because I can take like my webcam and my microphone home, and we can record something. We could record like the video from both of us, and then. More like send me the audio like we do here or something like that. Yeah, if you feel like editing something, you can. Like, I can. I'm not planning on watching any of the trailers. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to record something like me watching the trailer and we can discuss the trailer live or something. Oh yeah, yeah. We can figure something out. 
I'll leave that to you, but and then you tell me what you want to make, and I'll work with you. We'll figure that out, and then, as I said, uh, my YouTube is Legend of Canto, and then Hell on yeah. uh, Twitter, I am Canto Legend underscore because fuck Twitter because <laughs> someone stole the Legend name. of Canto. It's gonna hurt. It hurts me every time I have to think about it. But that's probably that's the best you... way to like contact me, find me, whatever. Just use your own name, mate. I mean. I know you don't want to, but like Carl Smallwood is a pretty unique name. Oh yeah, yeah. But I it. literally I've done that classic egotistical thing before of googling my name, and there are already people with my name more with like more successful, more than successful you. than me. So I've, for now, well, there's your goal. I've got to be, build the brand more successful and use my name in tandem with one another. Fair enough. Well, I just say I'm always wary of that because if you get to be known as Legend of Canto, then again people are short on that to Legend. <laughs> and I'd be okay with people I don't know who I met in the street going, all right, legends, like, yes, so, uh, that's me. The funny thing is, like, the start of, um, like, my gamer tag is Master. So, oh, so to shorten it, when I'm playing, like, Destiny on with, like, Raiden and stuff, people are just shorten it to Master. It's just like, yes, oh, Master, go over straight. there. And I'm like, yes. Sir. <laughs> Call it Sir. Set your name to just Sir. <laughs> That'd be the best. Well, yeah, you're all right with that one because people. If you ever get successful, or no, when you get successful, because that's some positive there. thinking. Carl. People, people are going to start walking to you in the street and going, "Are you legend?" They're like, "Yes, I fucking <laughs> am. I am a legend." Oh, get on you. it. Perfect. Anyway, um, as per usual, I'll speak to everyone soon, and I hope everyone has a nice. And go watch Rugby.